Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. Using our connections in the growing popularity of this podcast, we were able to see an advanced screening of Now You See Me 4. It's, uh, you may be wondering what happened to Now You See Me 3, but we'll reveal that secret at the end of this show. But before you just have we to get have <laughs> a little bit of faith, <laughs> you'll see. Yeah. But before we do that, uh, Vinny Vidivici, I need a special member of the audience. Parker, how about you? Tell us what oh happened Oh my god, this has never happened to me before. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the strike is over, who cares? None of these yeah. movies are going to get made. Half of the ones that got announced aren't going to happen. Venom 3 is on the way. Uh, the movies are still bad. What I really want to oh. talk about is uh, the world's greatest director, Ridley Scott, coming up twice this week in the news. Uh, the first being uh, a reveal that Gladiator 2 will have a scene in which our hero fights baboons, which has immediately <laughs> secured right. my opening weekend ticket. A movie I was not going to see, could Correct. not care less, and now I, you will have to drag me away from the theater. <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, the second thing is something I kind of want to ask you, Alex, because uh, you have both movie autism and history autism. Correct. So when a movie like Napoleon's coming out, and people point out inaccuracies, and his response is, get a life, what side of this do you fall on? What 100% on Ridley Scott's side. Okay. I've, I've thought read so. A, read a book if you care. I thought uh, so. I just wanted it confirmed. I, I guess now's the time to reveal. I'm reading a book, because uh, the there last time I read... The last time I read anything about Napoleon was like, I, I think I did a middle school uh, book report about him or something, and I don't remember my conclusions, this is you know, sixth grade, but I think my conclusions were, he was really good at winning, until he wasn't, and uh, now I'm like, okay, I think I, when I saw the trailer, beloved I was Patriots. like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Wait, you root for the Patriots? I didn't know that. So my thing is, fans a lot. I seen the trailer like a hundred times because the Alamo really likes to show it for some reason. And there's a lot of his wife Josephine in there. I'm like, is she really that big of a deal? I'm like 150 pages into that book right now. I was like, oh, she was a big part of his life. And the thing is, I'm reading the, I don't know if Alex, you've heard this one, but it's the Roberts biography. That's Napoleon Alive, which is considered by uh, most people to be a big defense of Napoleon. And for the most part, I can see it. It's like, yeah, Napoleon's really great. I have a lock of his hair on my wall. But he, even this guy is like, yo, Napoleon was a fucking virgin over Josephine. He is so fucking embarrassing. He posts like his love letters to Josephine. This guy needed to fuck. <laughs> this guy was they, they losing his do. mind. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anything else in the news, Parker? Uh, so yeah, I, I had known about that Zack Snyder Star Wars knockoff coming out because that's a thing that we have to watch for the show legally. I did right. not realize that the official title was Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child <laughs> of Fire. Uh-huh. So I did not realize this is a Part 1 of 2, 
Not to be confused with the uh, tie-in prequel comic, the narrative podcast, or the four-player co-op action game. Oh, available correct. exclusively on, let me squint here, the Netflix games platform. Uh, is Zack <laughs> Snyder too strong? Uh, hey, uh, Parker, have you looked at the release date for part one and part two? Oh. Oh, no. Uh, hey, what if I told you they were four months apart from each other? And also, the second part is going to be out next April. Christmas weekend, buddy. Let's get this bread. You know what? All of his fans are right. He actually is the greatest living filmmaker. (laughs) Like, I need to take it all back. Just the nerve to, like, pitch a whole Star Wars movie and then be like, oh, no, thank you. And then be like, all right, well, we'll see about that. And then just have Netflix give him a gorillion dollars to make a movie that also has lightsabers. (laughs) Like, he's the coolest. We were wrong. We were all wrong. He's the best. Apologies to everyone. Now, if you're listening, please brigade everyone that doesn't like him. Let them know they're wrong. That's what he we're wants. Gonna do that. Yes. All right. I uh, guess we can get into our... Uh... 34... I'm sorry. Part one's over two hours. I'm so fucking... I was wrong. Yeah. Actually, I take it back again. I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> get an editor dickhead. I'm so tired of this. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess we can get into our Jerks of the Week. I'll let you guys go first. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Oh, big shout out to my bank for not uh, doing my direct deposit last week. That was a pretty sick uh, sick way to pay my rent. Not getting paid until two days ago. That was fun. Oops. Love that. Yeah, that was fun. Not mad. We're fine. Everything's fine. At least, uh, you know, <coughs> sometimes you Sorry. can't trust banks... The system fails sometimes. As I learned this week, you just have to have your faith in something bigger. It all works out. But we'll get there. That's so true. Uh, my jerk of the week is myself for starting a uh, Five Nights at Freddy's lore group chat. <laughs> where we have collectively watched like 100 hours of YouTube videos about Five Nights at Freddy's lore over the past two weeks. That owns. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to mention this later, but I watched the movie again. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Other people were watching it in the call. I just hopped in. People needed lore explained. I was here to help, you know, providing a service. So, yeah, I just, I've just seen that movie twice now. I thought Did that was going to be like a comes? yellow cyclone thing. <laughs> <laughs> it actually went up a star for me. I liked it more the second time. Oh, my God. Just watch it like three more times. It's going to be a movie of the oh, year. We're getting there, dude. That's how they get you. <laughs> Did you ever think it would come to this? Or you're, uh... you're the Five Nights lore guy in your group. Follow up question. <laughs> Have you ever played the games? No, never. I didn't think so. Yeah, I have make the any first sense. game in my Steam library, but uh, who does? I don't. A- yeah, I don't actually dollar. like things that raise my blood pressure. So why would I play this? Same. I don't fuck with horror games. I, As the, I w- the second biggest horror fan I know, second only to my good friend Chris. <laughs> I do not fuck with horror games. Yeah, that, I know I, uh, that. That that fucked me up when I tried to get you to play Silent Hill. You're like, oh, I hate puzzles. Just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's different. That's because I'm stupid. I, I I do really appreciate that all of this fucking hidden lore is gatekept behind the silly little jump scare game. So, like, you just have to endure all of this bullshit to get to the lore, unless you have YouTube. Uh, that is just, like, extremely cool gatekeeping to me for absolutely no reason. Uh, and good for the guy that made these things. Well, for my jerk of the week, uh, it's a 14-year-old boy. 
who uh, uh-uh. lives in my, <laughs> who goes to an Italian <laughs> military school. No, uh, he. Uh, <laughs> no, this is a this is a kid in my area. He goes to Fairfax, and uh, he was named Scholar of the Year. This kid's name is Heman uh, Pekele, and he created a uh, soap, a bar of soap that can cure skin cancer. Fucking now he tells me. <laughs> you should really just like lean into that when you're like at the out- draft house watching some piece of shit. Just lean over and be like, I'm a survivor, you know. I was given a third opportunity. And now I'm watching Rebel Moon dash part one colon the child of whatever. The server's going to be like, sir, we can't see you next to yourself. It doesn't make sense with the laws of physics. <laughs> Chris being the guy that just finished paying off his student loans except for cancer is extremely funny. <laughs> I was, see, I was thinking of it like, remember, uh, what was it? Was it a, was it, it was either Justice League or it was Batman v Superman where it's like, there were ordinary people who are like yelling at Superman because he wasn't as able to save like six billion people at once or something. <laughs> What about me, Soups? You don't care about the common man? <laughs> they threw a brick through my window. Sorry. I'm busy. Okay, so uh, let's get into uh, what we watched here. Oh, I finally watched uh, VFW. That was uh, really good. Hell yes, dude. Now, let me tell you something about it. I, I was told this is like, hey, this is a lot like Assault on Precinct 13. It's very John Carpenter-esque. Like, the music definitely has that sort of feeling. Uh, the tone definitely matches it. And boy, is this low budget. And you can see how low budget it is. But you also don't care because it's like, it's part of the fun. This feels like something where, it, it kind of feels like the actors are like holding up like boom mics, you know? Like everyone is pitching in to try to get this movie made. I will say, I don't like that little girl character. She's the one who has to hide out with them. She's like... I never asked for your help. I'm like, yeah, you did. You walked in there. <laughs> so that's that's how it works. Uh, the acting's really good. Uh, apparently Fred Williamson has some... <laughs> but uh, overall, yeah, this is a really good movie. This is one of the ones that should have been on the list, but it wasn't. <laughs> we really do need more movies where the bad guys are gutter punks just getting mowed down. Like, that's, yeah. Every movie could use that. Yeah. Well, speaking of the list... Man, I should, I should uh, watch that again only three left uh one of the ones i watched i watched uh one of my <laughs> I, I didn't love this movie but i appreciated so much about it uh this is called i think you both liked it a bit more than i did it's called host this was uh i believe a netflix exclusive uh this is the one where it's like a they're all on like a zoom call and it's a haunted zoom call i guess uh a couple things about this is don't watch it on your tv you're supposed to watch this on your laptop that that kind of like adds to the fun of it uh so uh, that's points removed for me for uh, not knowing how to watch a movie properly. But points added back because this is under an hour. Hell yeah, dude. Thank you so much. And when it actually, like, cuts, it's like, oh, your Zoom call is ended. I'm like, oh, that makes sense with, like, the, the length of the call and everything. So that was a lot of fun. I really like the character of Teddy, the only man on the uh, on the call, who dips before anything even starts happening. <laughs> Comes back in the middle of the hot and like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't take it seriously. They're about to do some rituals. Like, yeah, I'm out. This is stupid. Yeah. It, I did kind of get the feeling, and it, this isn't really, like, a criticism. It was just, like, an observation. It was like, you know, these people don't really seem to like each other very much. <laughs> I don't know why they're friends. It kind of feels like they would have a, a way better time if they just weren't talking to each other. 
that's, yeah, but that's like every female friendship in movies to me. Yeah, that's I don't know. This one felt a bit more pronounced. I, I think this part of like, it is like go I was gonna say it's the first year of COVID. Uh, <laughs> turns out it doesn't matter how little you like those people. It's like, oh my god, I can hear a human being's voice. Hello. Yeah, I, you know that's a that's an interesting thing. It's like everyone's on camera for this and. I was thinking back to a lot of uh, calls that I do at work and I'm one of the few people who feels like putting on his camera because I feel like there's a bit more of a human thing there. It's like you know that there's a person behind that voice. And uh, not a lot of other people seem to do that. Although I did just get added to uh, a new project at work with uh, the TNF thing. And I'm the only guy on the project who isn't bald. So I don't know what's going on there. Uh, maybe that's you got added to a Five Nights at Freddy Lord group. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, uh, you should you should show up to that next week with your head shaved just to see what happens. <laughs> Guys, I went to bed after the game and all of a sudden, look. <laughs> Man, anyway, I would uh, anything for Mac Jones to win. <laughs> oh no! I start rubbing that soap on my head just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, I think the main thing I can't get into with hosts is I just don't believe in ghosts. I, and I try really hard to like get into it and they explain everything well, so what's going on? I, I couldn't get into it. What I will say is I like that this is another one where you can see all the hard work that they put into the special effects. It was a relatively small crew, but this felt way better than like a Paranormal Activity movie, mostly because it's a lot shorter. And I know those movies are like 80 minutes, but they still feel too long at 80 minutes. But... Like, this setup was better than the Paranormal Activity movies. Uh, the jump scares were better than Paranormal Activity movies. And the fact that you have different screens means you have a better variety of angles. So, uh, I, yeah, this is actually pretty decent. It's it's not for me, but it's probably for, like, everyone else. I'm a little too good watched, for this. You watched a thousand of these and just went, <laughs> I don't really believe in ghosts. Didn't work for me. Like, what, are you, what have you done for the last four Maybe years? Same thing. <laughs> God you know that's it. see that's the thing is like ghosts don't really factor into the list as much as you would think. It's mostly uh, actually I think it's mostly vampires. I believe I don't in vampires. believe in Frankenstein's. <laughs> Check minus. Try again. Yeah, but you this don't one's trying science, to... Parker. Well, yeah, I got some, you know, I got some textbooks was... down here. I can throw your way, buddy. <laughs> All right, uh, next one here. Oh, dude. All right, I'm trying to be diplomatic about this. I watched X, starring Mia Goth. I'm going to be honest, guys. I, I was sold that she was going to be surfing cunt in this movie. It just felt like she didn't serve any cunt. I uh, I didn't see a whole... Oh, I don't know. Look, I trying to be nice here. I know there's a lot of people who really like this movie. And uh, there, are po- there are possibly even people who like this movie for a reason besides Mia Goth, cunt serving, etc., I don't see it. This is very, very boring to me. I don't know what makes this movie unique. I don't know what makes this movie special. I don't know what is the draw of this movie. Uh, Parker, you said it was okay. What was your favorite part of X? Uh, X has that lady get uh, eaten by a croc, right? Uh, Strong yeah, argument. right. Yeah, I yeah. Know, I that's, think about that, it. That's it. That, that's <laughs> that was that's it. That'll, that's hey, that'll get you two stars where I'm from. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make I, the rules. Uh, yeah, this this one's just very boring to me because it's like it's going for like the same style of like Texas Chainsaw, but like Texas Chainsaw, it's you appreciate that one a little bit more because they made that with like two dollars. 
this one they have like Kid Cudi is one of the lead actors. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> that fucking owns. Right. Yeah. That's a good bit. I can't believe Chris knows who Kid Cudi is. Yeah. Now, yeah, let's pursue favorite. that. And what's your favorite Kid Cudi song? Uh, the one he played in the Super Bowl. So anyway, uh, right. Pearl is uh, the next one. And it's not on the list, so yeah. I'm safe. But it's, it's November. <laughs> Go and put that one aside. Yeah. Next edition is coming soon. I don't know. When, when did they update? I think they updated in like April, so I've got a little bit of time here. Anyway, Might as well watch it now movie... just in case. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. You know, you want to get ahead of it. Uh, the last movie on the list, uh, Doctor Sleep, three-hour version. I think now oh, is yeah, a good brother. time to end with uh, nine hundred ninety-nine out of a thousand. So the next <laughs> one I watch is to Drive My Car, twenty twenty-one Japanese movie. Which, <laughs> no, I watched Doctor Sleep. I actually really like Doctor Sleep. I think Doctor Sleep is a very good movie, and uh, I've read the book Doctor Sleep too, which is why I kind of put this one off for so long. Yeah, that I, book stinks, dude. That book is I, not good. I, okay, so I didn't mind the book uh, as much as I thought I would, because you didn't exactly sell it to me, you know? It's, I mean, like, in the book, the whole fucking, what are they, the True Knot or whatever, are the, the least intimidating group of people you could possibly write. Yeah, well, the movie, the movie got the that movie right. Has one of, the movie has one of the most horrifying scenes I've seen in a horror movie in my life. Like, Jesus Christ. I, okay, so this is where I differ. I I didn't find that gang intimidating in the movie at all. They're, to me, they're about as threatening as Bulk and Skull. Uh, oh no, not just just the scene. Uh, scene oh yeah, just that one scene. Was yeah, very upsetting. It's like well, I don't yeah, know. that was that was tough. That in fact, it kind of reminded me of like the opening scene of uh, it, where the kid gets eaten in the uh, in the in the sewer. I was like, man, that's a fucking way to start your movie off. This one occurs at like the. The two-hour mark. Uh, but Rose the Hat is uh, the villain here, which is a very Stephen King name for a villain. Uh, she is like Jesse and James from Pokemon, okay? She keeps getting her ass kicked by a child. <laughs> and I wouldn't mind so much, but it looks like the child from the Melissa McCarthy uh, picture, so... <laughs> uh... <laughs> She keeps coming back. <laughs> we really should have just made her the podcast art. <laughs> she just be in the background. <laughs> we need to like, zoom in. You have to see her smiling at that poor kid. Yeah. Can you imagine if we just gave that poor kid a bar of soap? Anyway. Uh... <laughs> so, uh, what I like about this is, uh, what it, where it is better than the book is... It's got characters that I really care. It's like a really good translation of characters who on page do stuff where you don't really care too much about them. But on screen, they they, they seem like they're part of a movie world that really belongs. And I didn't get that uh, with uh, the book version. Uh, Ewan McGregor, very good uh, performance from him. Uh, I, I think where I struggle here is the ending. Because I, I didn't mind the ending of the book. I thought it was just fine. And the ending that they go with uh, for this movie is the ending of The Shining, the book version. The ending that I didn't like. And it's the only the only person who liked that ending was Stephen King. And I wonder if this is one of those things where Mike Flanagan, in order to get the rights, is like, hey, Stephen King, I'll, I'll do you a little solid. And uh, I'll restore the ending that you like that everyone else despised. And he put it in this movie. Now, that being said... This ending kind of works for Doctor Sleep. 
I don't know how he pulled it off, but it's, like, set up really well. And, like, when it happens, you're like, hey, that actually makes sense with the narrative structure of this movie. So I, I almost wonder if it's an improvement. So I, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm kind of looking at it uh, two ways here. There are other people who don't like that ending at all. And I definitely understand the perspective. But overall, yeah, this is really good. This is one of the better movies that I've watched. And it took over a thousand, but I finally found a good one. <laughs> a good movie and also a good Stephen King adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> also, this movie is the one you can point to where it's like, hey, instead of de-aging people, just get someone that looks sort of similar and can also act. It's, it's Yeah, fine. that was actually one of the things that they did like astonishingly well, is they got lookalikes and soundalikes for almost every character. The one major exception is they got a lookalike for Jack Nicholson, but they couldn't find a soundalike. <laughs> you know what, good for them not for not trying the voice. I, I, I appreciate that. In a cause... way, yeah, but like... That's like the easiest voice to do. That's like that's yeah, like but voice it, one one. <laughs> having someone just do a Jack Nicholson impression, like in the third act where grown up Danny Torrance is like facing the ghost of his abusive father. That's gonna take I, okay. you out of that scene real quickly. I alright, that's true. That probably would have been a little distracting because you're just looking at being like, ah, Nicholson. But that whole ending sequence, in a way, where he goes to the Overlook Hotel, it kind of it kind of felt almost like a tongue bath there you know what movie i was reminded of but this is the worst insult i could possibly give this movie don't say it i was reminded of ready, ready player, player one, one. god I'm sorry it. that's it i'm sorry that's Look, exactly I... what i was thinking of i haven't read this the book dude. since it first came out but like doesn't that whole climax just take place like where the hotel burned down so it's just like four people on a hill yelling at each other Yes, but yeah, uh, sucks, Mike Flan- man. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike Flanagan was just like, well, you know, what the people want is, uh, hang on a second. What, what the people want is they want The Shining. That's what people, or maybe it was a big studio executive who was jumping on a cigar or something like that. And look, I don't, I actually like the idea of going to the hotel and it's better than just being the place where the hotel burned down. Although it did make sense in the novel. I don't know. Maybe I liked it a bit more than you did, but what I don't need is for them to recreate every single scene from The Shining, because then that just makes me think, well, hell, I'd rather be watching that. It, it's not that they do it poorly, because I've seen The Shining done poorly. Thank you so much, Parker, for the TV movie. Hey, no problem, man. <laughs> one of these days I'm going to make you watch <laughs> Does Josh like that one more because it's more bang for your buck in terms of minutes? <laughs> no, I think he likes it more because he read The Shining and it, he agreed with Stephen King. He thinks that the movie isn't very good. I've talked he about this before. I, I actually don't think he's actually watched the miniseries, <laughs> but I know he doesn't like The Shining movie. So, I so, that's the thing. It's like they go through every single one of the scenes. It's almost like a checklist. I'm like, yeah, I remember, I remember. I, which is weird because I, I didn't mind it during the flashbacks because the flashbacks are just done like really, really well to me. But a lot of these are just like, yes, it's happening again. I'm like, all right, all right. Like, when they get, like, fair, all the characters That is the together. whole plot of the book. <laughs> yeah. Remember, like, the well, opening get... chapters of the book is like, ah, and now I'm being haunted by, you guys remember this ghost? Well, she's back haunting me now, and I'm a big boy. It's like, okay, man, I... Yeah, I will admit, the I movie remember did that a these, lot better. I remember where... these people. <laughs> where the movie, like, you know, handled that really quickly, I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't drag that one out. I will say that the guy who plays uh, Dick Alleran, he is fantastic. He is he is really, really good. So, he's in uh, a House of Usher show. He's the guy that's interviewing right. the main character. He's very good. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say what you touch on. It's so cool to see, like, oh, yeah, Ewan McGregor gets to, like, act. This is pretty exciting. I love that yeah, for Yeah, he him. is. He's He's really good. Yeah. Uh, Alex, I, I don't think you've seen Doctor Sleep yet, but you should watch the movie. You don't need to watch this movie. Uh, uh, well, don't worry. I'm not reading a Stephen King book. You don't have to worry about that. You Man... There's like two or three Sorry. good ones. <laughs> I'll take much, like, much like the list, you read a thousand and it's like, hey, Revival's pretty good. Good job, Steve. They are playing uh, the black and white version of The Mist at the Alamo, though. So, I mean, if you're going to see it, that's the way to do it. Yeah, that's that's the best one. That's, that is like <laughs> one of my favorite like adaptations from him. Yeah. Also, they, they improved the ending, so... Uh, anyway, the only I only watched one other thing because uh, actually no two other things I forgot my bad. Uh, speaking of ghosts, <laughs> I had to, to watch Celebrity Ghost Story, <laughs> the one with uh, uh, let's see Shooter McGavin, Aaron Carter, uh, Kaya Jones, and some other guy who I've already forgotten about because he's not very interesting. Now. The real reason I watched it is for uh, the first two, uh, but uh, Kaya Jones was the first one to interview. I'm like, who is this? Because if you go through like all the people on celebrity ghost stories, for the most part, you look at this, you're like, I don't even know who this person is. How is this person a celebrity? Kaya Jones was uh, allegedly, and I do mean allegedly, one of the Pussycat Dolls, and I, I don't know, I don't know who or what the Pussycat Dolls are or were. I they were a singing group or something. Kaya Jones alleges that they were a prostitution ring for celebrities in the deep state. Now, Sorry, uh, come again? Ver- yeah, various <laughs> other people, I'll be getting back to that. Uh, various other people uh, who are in the Pussycat Dolls uh, say that she was never truly a member of the Pussycat Dolls. Uh, and so she left <laughs> due to creative differences. I don't know how she got funny. This seems like one of those paperwork got lost in the shuffle things that people were like, yeah, she's famous. And uh, then she went on Celebrity Ghost Stories. I'll relate her story soon. And then she became part of the Trump administration where she was an ambassador to uh, the Native Americans, where it was very quickly revealed that she has zero Native American ancestry whatsoever. <laughs> was Elizabeth Warren busy? <laughs> I beat you to it. High five. Yeah. Oh, we did it. We made yeah. it. Oh, it was a great nuts. episode in 2017. <laughs> you guys like that? You want more of that? <laughs> Roasting your own joke. All right, so uh, <laughs> you know someone had to do it. So Kaya Jones, uh, she moves to Hollywood to be a big star, and uh, she finds this great place to live, which is just like this old apartment building. And she's like, "Oh, I, I don't have money to live there yet, but I will someday." Ten years later, I guess the money from the Pussycat Dolls question mark question mark question mark comes in, and she can finally afford it, and she moves in there, and uh, she's going to get it decorated. Then suddenly the lights start flickering and then they all explode. She's like, well, that's weird. And I'm like, sounds like an electrical issue. Maybe it was a ghost. And uh, there was one time she was chopping vegetables and uh, she heard her name called out. But there was no one there because she lives alone because none of the pussycat dolls will return her calls. And uh, <laughs> then later, <laughs> then, this is my favorite part. Uh, late at night, she's uh, she's in her room. She's on her bed. She's on the computer. She's on like she's got a little laptop and stuff. And uh, suddenly the lights flicker again. And uh, she jumps up from her bed and her laptop falls off her bed. And when my laptop fell to the ground it was completely broken and i was like 
Yeah, it's because yeah. it hit the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <It> makes sense. <laughs> and she was like, I knew right then that it was ghosts. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> That's probably true, though. She like, rules. And, she, and she, then she was like, I, I've come to a place in my life where I have essentially cut the cord. She even makes that motion to her belly like, eh. with, uh, with that place. And I, I no longer live in that area. Doom, doom. Aaron Carter was a triple platinum bestseller. Like, oh, okay. Alex, when he said uh, she lived alone because they wouldn't return her calls, did you imagine the other pussycat all sleep all together like the Powerpuff Girls when she was just by herself? I, I did not. Like... However, when he talked about her trying to save up for 10 years to buy this apartment, I did imagine her just going to the leasing office with a bunch of beads over and over. <laughs> oh, so, I'm sorry. Aaron Carter. Friend of the yeah, show. Aaron Carter, uh, true member of the Pussycat Dolls. He, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, hang on. Where's the music? No, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> is he the ghost in this? <laughs> yeah, maybe he is. Okay. So, Aaron Carter, uh, he, um, <laughs> the worst bit in the history. <laughs> it's my favorite bit. Aaron Carter That's is, uh, <laughs> yeah, this this is one of the good ones. Aaron Carter's uh first of all, he looks like he's in the middle of a heroin binge. He looks emaciated when he's talking to the screen. And uh From fear. He's Yeah, we <laughs> the ghost. He's like, I never used to believe in ghosts, but now I do. And it turns out the story happened when he was like seven, so okay. Uh he's like, Yeah, when I was growing up I had a grandmother and like spooky noise plays and I'm like, What? <laughs> And uh, she used to love me. I love my grandma so much. She was my best friend. I'm like, okay. But she used to love to scare me. I'm like, is this going to be one of those things where it's like something strange happened in the middle of the night and his grandma was nowhere to be found? <laughs> uh, no, it turns out his grandma dies. So this is, this song is actually for Aaron Carter's grandmother. Is she the ghost? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if you could hear me. Yeah, she's a ghost. Uh, she, she actually... So she, oh, that sounds great on the other end. Yeah, I'm assuming it sounds good with whatever you're doing there. It sounds like a yeah. nightmare over here. <laughs> so, anyway... So, she dies. and uh, But before she dies, she has a question for him. Right? Yeah. Okay, so she says, Before I die. <laughs> Before I die, I want you to light a candle. <laughs> and when you light that candle for me, uh, I will not necessarily come back from the dead. But I will my my vision will appear to you. And through that vision I will prove to you that spirits are real. And Aaron Carter says so funny if this doesn't come through in the recording. God I hope it does more than I'm ever hoping. God if you're listening up Gain the power of all the military leaders in, uh... 
going to Audacity, it's coming through, so. <laughs> I wish you could hear it on our end. It's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> okay, so anyway, he lights a candle to... <laughs> forgot about that one at the end it always like surprises you so, <laughs> and that other one at the end <laughs> man are there any more what the hell cut <laughs> off the rails this is what happens when we record at four in the morning <laughs> yeah I know what happens yeah, that's unfortunately there's nothing we can do about this. Oh my god! Uh, so anyway, uh, he lights a candle to uh, bring her spirit back, and she sort of like appears to him later on. But it takes like several days, and then he says, uh, "You know what? I'm really glad that I could do this for my grandmother. You know, you know, prove who she was as a person." So the next one is Shooter McGavin, who uh, unfortunately also passed away. So. Shooter McGavin, when he was a young child. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Wait, he did? No, I, I don't know. I was making that. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, hey, wait a minute. I think he's like in something right now. I feel yeah, like we would have done yeah. something on this show. <laughs> Memoriam. Shooter McGavin watched every day with the anti-skin cancer stuff. So uh, he <laughs> would. He, <laughs> when he was a young child, growing up in uh, wherever he did, he uh, one time he I don't know he. They had a new house. There was, like, this weird kind of, like, wall that had, like, a seam in it that was also, like, a door or something. And I have to admit, I'm barely paying attention. But I will say here, this is a good sidebar. This is not one of those scripted shows. I don't think that these are celebrities who are just doing it for the money, although some of them clearly did. Because, again, go through the list of the names of those celebrities. (laughs) Not a lot of A-listers here. But Christopher McDonald, the whole time he's delivered this, sounds completely serious. And... It's this isn't like oh yeah well he's an actor of course he knows how to deliver no 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 he's he's saying this like conversationally he's saying this like yeah I I, I swear it, this actually happened to me it feels like a real thing and uh, I, w- I do like the way that uh, they introduced it. it was like Christopher McDonald has been in eighty five films dot 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 spooky music he's best known as Shooter McGavin in Happy Gilmore. He's only known. (laughs) (laughs) No ghosts. No spooks. Did you imagine haunting that dude? Yeah, you fucking mind. (laughs) Kick the shit out of you. And the thing is, of all people who were haunting him, it was like a little boy. It was like a little... Which, by the way, the the graphics that they use for this little boy looks like fucking... Like a uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> they just like, you know, sort of like draw him in there. He's just standing uh, shirtless holding a candelabra, like, fight me! I'm gonna get you! You know, it's the British boy. We're gonna get used to that accent. Anyway. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he was haunted by Summers. I don't know. I, uh, I have to admit, I didn't like this very much. I, I, I don't believe in ghosts and goblins and ghouls. I. Uh, also, I can't imagine people watching this. I, I would rather watch... I'm serious when I say this. I'd rather watch uh, Ms. and Mrs. God, I keep, I keep yeah. forgetting that's on our list. Yeah, that... I, hey, I haven't been assigned the Purgatory Victoria, and I feel like a damn fool for saying also that Also noted. Right now. Yeah. 
But I liked Miss and Mrs. At least that's like a happy relationship, and the Mrs. is kind of funny. But like this didn't have anything for me. I think maybe you guys, uh, your mileage may vary. Maybe there's like one out there with Alice Cooper where he says something really cool. I saw something well, else. There's one out there with Ice T and his wife. So uh, you know, if Ooh, I can there decide we go. This. Yeah, there you go. Let me just make a note on my phone that says "Ask Wrestlers Ghost Stories." <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, All right, well, last... those ghosts would also just be other wrestlers. It would get real sad. <laughs> All right, last one here. I. Uh... I visited uh, Lady Alex at her uh, new place, and uh, we, uh, we, her roommate had like a list of movies, and uh, it's like, oh, we've never seen any one of these. How about one of these? Chris, what do you recommend of these? And we were at a chili cook-off, and chili's my oh, favorite man. food. And I, de- <laughs> <laughs> and I demanded that we leave the chili cook-off so we could go watch Snake Eyes. Hell yeah, now, dude. Now, let me say something. I don't really believe that there's such a thing as Brian De Palma at his best, because his best is in every single one of his movies. You know, just watch it. You'll find something really great in there. But well, man, Snake Eyes is really, really good, dude. That's a bold claim, Fitzgerald. Yeah. <laughs> I, I fucking love Snake Eyes. Oh, that reminds me of... Uh, I, I mean, that's the thing. is We already did an episode on Snake Eyes. And ordinarily, I would you guys say, oh, we should do Morbius again. I'm like, oh, we shouldn't do two episodes of the same movie. We're, uh, feels like that's Unless like... We'll just be repeating ourselves. But like Snake Eyes, I could do again. You know? <laughs> Snake Eyes, I, I really, really like. Uh, the, the camera work is great, great performances. I love just the way his style of shooting is. Like, he's another one of those actors where you can just, like, look at a single frame and you can tell this is a De Palma movie. Uh, Gary Sinise is great. Nick Cage, obviously, uh, top of this game. Unfortunately, this uh, this reminds me of uh, a story my dad told me at uh, Kajini's. Here's one for you. Uh, he, oh, no. <laughs> I mentioned, yeah, Nick Cage is really good at Snake Eyes. He's like, that reminds me. I, I, I saw a movie with uh, Nick Cage. I don't know why I'm doing Norm MacDonald. Your dad's Norm MacDonald? Like, what happened to your dad? <laughs> He's getting old. Norm, are you so. with us right now? <laughs> Man, your Hang dad on, just like the saying the shit he believes with Norm's cadence would be an incredible bit. Man, if only I don't Norm think he... had that soap. Da- yeah, uh, Dad's Dad's never heard of Norm Macdonald, at least as far as I know. Anyway, so Dad's like, I saw a movie. Oh. <laughs> I've uh, he's like, I saw a Nick Cage movie that was great. It was his best performance. I'm like, what is it? Please don't say Leaving Las Vegas. He's like, oh, it's a great one. It's one where he doesn't talk for the entire movie. Finally, <laughs> God. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I got a friend who's a lore expert on it. <laughs> <laughs> And I was canon, actually. I actually I, I kind of stared at him for a bit. I was like, "You actually like that movie?" He was like, "I I like the fact that he didn't talk." <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I bullied my dad to say, "No, I didn't actually like Willy's Wonderland." <laughs> Why? Why did he watch the whole thing? I it don't. Runs in the family. Oh, uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's where I get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Alex, would you watch? All right. Let's see what we got here. Um, Alright, so last week Parker talked about the new Hell House movie and said basically, you know, it's fine. Um, it's better than the two bad ones and worse than the good one, which uh, is something I can endorse. Although I would like to get into the weeds a little bit with this one because uh, this is one of those movies where, like, I really, really enjoyed, like, 60% of it and fucking hated the other 40%. And that doesn't happen very often especially with these stupid found footage movies uh parker if i'm not mistaken you said that you did not care for the acting in this yes 
<laughs> there's a there's a couple people that uh leave a little bit to be desired. To put it kind of. I I completely disagree with you. I actually really. I'm not going to say I like these characters because every single one of these characters is fucking annoying, but also they're a bunch of people making a horror YouTube show, so they should be annoying. Uh, I thought the energy that they had, like that, that kind of specific annoying, like online investigator energy was like perfectly captured in this movie. Yeah, uh, that's fair. That could be on me for conflating these people annoy me with bad. That Yeah, that I, happens. I yeah, and it's completely understandable because they are fucking annoying. Uh, one thing that I really, really love that this movie does is that they make these characters... I mean, these characters are varying degrees of scared, but to have a completely fearless character for like an hour ten of this movie who just completely loses it at the end is something that more of these movies should do. Because, like, yes, obviously this is scary. Like, they're seeing ghosts. Like, if this were happening to you, you'd be fucking... I, I, all of us would be in the car out of there at, like, minute 10 of this movie. The first like, time someone was like, hey, wasn't that clown facing that way? I'm out. I'm walking yeah. home. I do not care. I don't care which of y'all did it. Bye. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. And whereas in this, like, they literally see the fucking girl peeking out around the corner at, like, minute 25, and they get it on camera, and the girl's like, oh my god, we have to go in there right now. I need to see what this is. And... That kind of energy just comes through throughout the movie until, like, the ghosts finally break her. And the idea of breaking a character like that is incredibly scary in a lot of ways. Just because, like, again, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that any of us are, you know, that adventurous in any way. But, like, probably our belief in ghosts is, uh collectively is not super super high you see weird shit you're probably not going to be scared by it but like you see like really really weird shit like there's a point where you're just like all right well hold on this is fucked up something's wrong here and like this movie goes well past that before this girl breaks and that's i think pretty interesting for a movie like this because you don't get a lot of that it's a lot of oh oh my god oh my god turn off the camera oh my god grab the camera point it over there oh like you know it's found footage it's all bullshit so um that that is I, I I really appreciate it. I you don't like you don't get it a lot in these movies and getting something at least a little bit different in this felt nice. Um I liked that I actually believed when they left the house with like twenty minutes left in the movie that they weren't gonna go back to the house. Uh there was a point where I looked at my wife and I was like, I swear to fucking god, if they walk around in the woods and the path just leads them back to the house, we're turning this off. I don't care how it ends. Uh <laughs> And they they end up back in the house, but they end up in a house in the house because they get scared and run back to the house, which I'm fine with that. Yeah, but I mean like, the alternative if if I'm out in the middle of the woods and I see three dudes wearing cloaks look at me, oh, I'm yeah. sprinting back to the Scooby Doo haunted house. I will take my chances. <laughs> like, Correct. No, not like, happening. Uh, I think that this really builds the tension of what's going on in their situation well, a lot like the first one does. However, I've got some problems with it. One thing that I hate in any found footage movie is when the characters constantly reference the fact that they're on camera and constantly are talking about, oh, turn the camera off for this part or turn the camera on, turn the camera. Like, I know. Like, and they do it so often in this movie that, 
I understand that, you know, these characters are about to have an argument and one of them goes turn the camera off. And yeah, you're saving me time because I don't really care about this argument. And like, I guess I should be thankful for that. But it's frustrating that, you know, we're telling a story from these characters' perspective and like, I'm still, I still feel like I'm being talked to as an audience member, which is kind of the opposite of how found footage should work in a lot of ways, even if they're recording something that is for an audience. Uh, another thing I hate about these movies uh, is when someone's got like a handy cam in a haunted place and the screen gets all pixelated because oh, of ghost yeah. interference. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. Yeah. that sucks. You're going to love all six of the VHS movies then. Uh, oh. I pass. <laughs> I, Correct. Fucking hate that shit. Um, another thing <laughs> that I absolutely hate. Get him. Get him. <laughs> movies. I hate any movie with a post credit scene. But if you're a direct to streaming found footage horror movie with a post credit scene, kill yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah, when, it, when you sent me the post credit scene, I was like, what? That, that can't be real. You're fucking with me. Because I'm not. If I'm watching a movie on Shutter, as soon as a name appears on the screen, I'm hitting the back button. We're done. <laughs> Correct. Like, you right, had okay. 80 minutes. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Who, who's going to even look for that? Like, why would you? Like, we literally only knew it existed because she went to log it with one star, saw a review that mentioned the post credit scene, turned the movie back on, we watched it, it added nothing, and she downgraded it to a half star. Hell yeah, dude. I appreciated the pettiness. Um... You two really do belong together. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but there's there's so much going right in this movie that every time something happens that I don't like, I'm just like it takes me out of the whole thing. Like I was able to get into the first Hell House movie. It's rare that I can get into a found footage movie. Like I mean like really get into it and invest as if this is like a thing that I should be scared by. This movie walks right up to the edge of scaring you and then does something, like, just reprehensibly stupid, like, six different times. And and then it starts building back. And then it's like, all right, well, cool, I'll forgive that one dumb thing that happened. And then they do it again. And it's like, like, this movie has so many components that I like. Like, there's... We get all sorts of in-universe lore for the Hell House movies because this doesn't take place at the hotel where the other ones do, but it takes place near the hotel, and at this point, the hotel was burned down, and, like, there's an old antique shop that has things they stole from the hotel. Not stole, but, like, salvaged from the hotel. And they go to the antique shop, and they find a bunch of secret stuff hidden inside the clock, and it's, like, the missing keys to put the story together. And then the ghosts go crazy, and, you know, they don't make it out with all the stuff that they learned, but... I don't know. I was I was very frustrated with this one because it should have been better than it was. Still way better than 2 and 3, but yeah. I oh, I was really hoping for more. I was real excited for this one. But uh as someone who's watched a lot of found footage movies, uh still way up near the tops. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah this like is cuz all those flaws you described, but I've got about 100 movies that do that for you. Uh-huh. And I, to this day, I get mad when people are like, well, why don't they just stop recording? Because it's a fucking movie. Do you want a movie or not? I don't... As, just let it go. Also, that's not a problem with this movie. Because these people are intentionally trying to record the ghosts. Like, why would they... Like, there's a lot of moments where, like, they're like you know, when the, the guy in the movie dies. Like, 
you know, there's like knocking outside in the hallway and like people are talking to these like you see him like turn the camera on, like laying in bed, like disheveled, like like I gotta point this at the doorway in case something happens. Like, yeah, that's how people recording a fucking YouTube show about ghosts would act. Like I don't know. Uh <laughs> I- I'm gonna stop before I before I get myself in a little tizzy. Um No, you get yourself in that tizzy. <laughs> I can't I can't do that to Chris. <laughs> Not for a movie that's going to be on the list in two years. He'll, he'll find out. Not funny. Um, <laughs> I can stop anytime. <laughs> uh, I believe you, dude. I was just waiting for somebody to invent some magic no more list soap. <laughs> uh, so, I watched... Uh, we went to the theater earlier tonight to watch Priscilla. Um... Which is a movie that I also have a lot of mixed feelings about, but are, that are not nearly as strong. I'm sure you guys have seen at least one Sofia Coppola movie before. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Without looking, I'm uh, sure I have. Was, uh, so, you know, that, that, yeah, she's very much, a lot of her stuff is, like, very stylistically good. Like, everything looks the way it should. Everything sounds the way it should. Everyone's acting the way they should. But the plot is usually kind of nothing. Or, like, is making a point that seems to be in service of nothing. Which is exactly how I felt about this movie. Uh, So this movie, if you don't know, is about Priscilla Presley, the wife of Elvis Presley, who he met and started courting when she was 14. Uh, If you didn't know that, you will know that repeatedly throughout this movie, because the entire first half of this movie is just constantly calling attention to how young she is. Which, yeah, that's really shitty, but also, this movie takes place in a time before my parents were born. I just kind of assumed that this is how people were back then. Like... I, I don't think that anybody needs to watch this movie to go, you know what, you're right, I'm not going to vote for Libertarians anymore. Like, <laughs> it's it's... Like, hey, hey guys, I hate to break it to you, but every guy in a rock band from the 60s and 70s was banging 14-year-olds. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, <laughs> I hate to I, break I, it to you. Chris, as our dad rock expert, you know how many of these songs from the 70s there are. I, just I, go down the list. Yeah, I can't read the that. lyrics here. Ah, jeez. Well, I mean, you can go even further back than that, like blues songs from like the the fifties and forties and stuff like that. Even like pop songs. Uh, Cole Porter had a song called uh, "Love for Sale" that was all about like trying to find like a teenage girl to fuck. Yeah, they're, yeah. pick a band. Like, yeah. fucking ABBA has songs about fucking kids. I mean, they're Swedish, so that makes sense, but, yeah. you know. And also, like, I <laughs> mean, this has culture. been, like, this is just one of those things about history. At some point, we became enlightened and said, hey, maybe don't fuck kids anymore. Yeah, and I'm sure for a certain kind of viewer, this is, like, very poignant. But, you know, I as somebody that has read a book before, like, I get it. I, 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 I don't want to be too harsh on it, because, like, I think the movie does a really good job of setting up this character's story, which is less about the fact that she was so young and taken advantage of, and more the fact that, like, she was thrust into this impossible situation when she was just... There's just no possible chance she was mature enough to handle it. Which, you know, there is tragedy in that. And a lot of that has a lot more to do with celebrity than it does the fact that people in the 1950s used to fuck teenagers. Like, it's... it's At, at points, I feel like it's missing the forest for the trees. But at other points, it seems to nail it. Because we get a lot of her life with Elvis. And... This does one thing that I really appreciate when you're watching a movie that is ostensibly about a bad relationship, in that it shows you all of the good in the relationship, because there has to be a reason this person would stay. 
If yeah. you just show all of the bad stuff that happens in a relationship, then anybody with half a brain would watch this like a horror movie and go like, we'll just leave. Like, why are you still here? Like, this is stupid. But you this... watching Midsummer, shaking your head like, <laughs> fucking go, lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Uh, why did you bring that one up? (laughs) Why would you do that to me? Uh, A couple of questions Um, for you, uh, Alex. Uh, First of all, Piscilla was right there. Josh is listening. Can we do our friend a solid? Uh, Sorry, I apologize. I've heard that Elvis is uh, Jack Reacher sized in this. Can you confirm? Uh, He is. (laughs) I I, I would assume he's at least 6'6". He is obscenely large. And... I mean, yeah, it's jarring to see Elvis that big because, you know, Elvis wasn't that big. I kind of feel like part of the reason they cast this guy is to just show, like, how small she is compared to him for yeah. other reasons. I, it feels like a choice. Yeah. But also there's there's a scene where he gets into one of those 1950s cars. And, like, when he's standing, like, the do- like the, the top of the door is at, like, his belly button. And it's like, bro, Shaq, you look like Shaq trying to fit in, like, a fucking Miata. It's insane. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, I actually want to talk a little bit about that performance. Uh, you, you have successfully sidetracked me. Um, I think he's a really good Elvis, other than the being enormous thing. However, no character in any non-Boston movie I've ever seen has needed subtitles for their English more than this guy. They're... <laughs> At least 10% of the dialogue is incomprehensible. I feel like I'm listening to the fucking Nixon recordings. It's At least they really... got that accurate because that's the way he talked. <laughs> yes, I know. But, like, he'll be on the phone with somebody, and I'm trying to figure out who he's on the phone with and what the significance is because you don't see the other person. That's a lot of the, you know, the the Tom Hanks character from the other movie, Colonel Parker, who's, like, his manager. <laughs> Not pictured in this movie, but we get a lot of phone calls from Colonel Parker. So he, a lot of times he's on the phone. That's probably who he's talking to. But like he just he's just I hope that wasn't important. Uh, so that was a little bit frustrating. Uh, I think, like I said, this movie looks and is styled like exactly like you want it to be. Like I hate to use this word because it makes me sound like such a jack off. But like I feel like all of her movies have like a certain ethereal quality to them, where like. I'm happy to just kind of watch any movie that Sofia Coppola makes because, like, I'm happy to just, like, kind of immerse myself in the world because all the details are right, even if I don't really care that much about the story. And this is a story that is worth telling and I think is done some justice by this. But also the whole time I was just watching it like, "Uh uh-huh, story about somebody who was too young for Hollywood. Wonder who this is actually about. And it was, I don't know if that's actually the case, but it was completely inescapable for me. Um, again, solid movie. If you, for some, you, neither of you will ever put this on probably, but if someone else puts it on, like you won't have the worst time watching it. It is completely adequate. Um, the last thing I will say, uh, cause you know, Elvis has this whole arrested development thing about him where the reason that he's in love with this teenage girl in the first place is because he's, you know, just a big old baby. And, uh, we get a lot of Elvis's friends in this movie who I would charitably refer to as like Elvis's posse or like, you know, Elvis's crew or whatever you want to call it. And just every time they're on scene, they're just like doing a bunch of fucking jackass stunts to each other, which is <laughs> unbelievable. It makes me really want to be friends with Elvis. 
Like, they're just shooting Roman candles at each other in one scene, and then we get, like, a nice serious relationship scene, and then the next scene, they're just, like, racing golf carts around Graceland, and then we get another serious scene, and then Elvis is just knocking down a house with a bulldozer while all his friends are cheering and throwing rocks. Like, it's... Dude's rock. They, they, they really do nail the dude's rock energy of uh, what it must have been like to be friends with this big old man baby Elvis with a gorillion dollars. And, uh... Elvis, if you're listening, uh, you need uh, you need three more for your crew. We're uh, we're ready to serve. We are willing to overlook your past transgressions. Uh, do you feel Elvis's presence in this room right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I just turned the light switch and the light turned off. <laughs> Anytime I think of an Elvis performance, I just think of that one scene in Walk Hard. He's just <laughs> rambling at him incoherently, and then does a karate kick. <laughs> I uh. <laughs> I really appreciated the conversation we were having on the way home from watching this because as you know like wh- while my wife and I have a lot in common we have very different interests at times so she's just like yeah she knows who this guy in this movie is I obviously don't because you know it's just a different corner of the internet for me so she's just like telling me she's like yeah it's really funny that Austin Butler you know spent years and years learning this voice and perfecting these mannerisms and got stuck with a voice and this and that. And then they talked to this guy that played Elvis in this. He's like, yeah, the only familiarity I had with Elvis is Lilo and Stitch. And uh, that's extremely <laughs> cool to me. Oh, All right. That makes me want to see the movie now. It's good marketing. It's, it's, it's a pretty good movie. Like, it's if you watch this, you're not going to be like, man, what a waste of time. That was boring. But As someone uh, so who's... you're never, you're never so... going to put this on. Someone who's very firmly in the camp of like, hey man, it's just make-believe, who cares? Like, yeah, uh, I saw the little blue guy dressed like him, so I just did that voice. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Instead of like, I immersed myself, I've talked like Elvis at home, my family's worried, like, nah, it's just a movie, you just play and pretend, get the haircut, and just go, hum, hum, hum. <laughs> He's just muttering in the fucking background, like, oh my god, he is Elvis. That's what movies are to me. Correct. Just play pretend. Correct. Uh, speaking of movies, um, so you guys know, like, when, uh, whichever month LGBTQ History Month is, rolls around, and you go on any streaming service, and there's, like, you know, there's a category that's, like, you know, LGBTQ films or whatever, and it's just, like, fucking 12 coming-of-age movies about trauma, and that's just Mm -hmm. the whole category. Same Uh, with Black History Month. It's like, oh, no, we're gonna celebrate (laughs) black voices. Here's the help. It's, like, sick. Well, Thanks, guys. Here's an idea. Why don't we celebrate that month with Batman Forever instead? You can it's talk the, me into that. I, the I'm gayest fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god, dude. You know, Alex, I don't think I've ever seen this one before. Alex, this is quickly becoming our gayest show ever. You called Sofia Coppola's movies ethereal. I've been talking about soap. This is... Uh, uh, vampires were mentioned. Yeah, exactly. This is... Uh, Folks, we're all coming out. <laughs> yeah, good for us. That's yeah. right, all of us. Yeah. Except, except for yeah. the one of us that'll be murdered in the street for saying that. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> you gotta keep your head two. on a swivel sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I support... Oh, fuck. Is that coming behind us the whole time? <laughs> Am I getting gang-stalked? Now, Alex, Look. you said you'd never seen this before. Uh, I've made it no secret that I don't like this one very much, although obviously opinions differ on all the different Batman movies. But I gotta admit, I know the one that I like the most about this movie, the one that we quoted constantly on the show after we saw it, was the boiling acid guy at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> that guy's incredible. I... My glasses! <laughs> oh, no! 
<laughs> I, look, I'm, I'm just gonna... I'm not gonna bury the lead here. I fucking loved this. I had an amazing time with this. I am... I, I know that this is probably... This probably puts me overall in the minority and almost definitely the minority on this show. But I would so much rather have campy bullshit superhero movies than dour, grimdark, brooding fucking Batman movies. Like... I, I am, like you guys, annoyed every single time I have to watch Bruce Wayne's parents die on screen. Except in this movie. When you get those slow motion pearls hitting the Oh my god, dude. Like, <laughs> it is just so fucking extra. And it completely fits the tone of this movie. Because this movie is fucking absurd. And I, I, I would not, you know... A lot of people really, really hate the style of this movie. And I think that A... The style of this movie is something that I think is cool. And B, the style of this movie is not that far divorced from the Burton movies. You can very clearly see the DNA between the two. Oh, yeah. But also, like, man, I, I as somebody that, as you guys know, that doesn't care for Jim Carrey in most things, I love Jim Carrey in this. As, as, as somebody who thinks that Tommy Lee Jones is boring in basically everything, I watch this and go, oh, cool, Joel Schumacher watched Under Siege, the only good Tommy Lee Jones performance, and just told him to do that again. That's exactly what I want. Yeah, um, I do I'm not really like Jim Carrey in this movie, but I will I will fight for the aesthetic of this movie with my whole heart. I love everything about the way it looks. I love yeah, all of the neon street gangs. I'll admit that I, I definitely don't love this movie, but I... What I don't like is I don't like it when people blame Joel Schumacher for the way that this looks. Joel Schumacher was given an an, uh, an objective. You like you have to do this. We are trying to sell toys. The last one didn't sell toys. This is you. This is used to push toys. I'm not trying to get in like my. I've already talked about this movie like way too much. So like I don't like repeating myself. But Alex, I can say this: if you like this movie. You're gonna love Batman and Robin. That is gonna be your favorite movie of all time. <laughs> that is that is a movie that I have seen. I saw that movie at a drive-in, so I have some semblance oh. of a memory of it. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just as someone who does not like it as much now, I watched that movie. Well, both of them, Forever and and Robin. I watched them a hundred times as a kid, and I had all of the toys. And I yeah. will maintain uh, that Batmobile looks fucking sick. The Batmobile looks so cool. <laughs> I was actually about to say that I think the Batmobile this looks shitty. Absolutely, so. <laughs> it does. It looks like dog shit. That's why it rules. Is this the one sense. where is this one where Chris O'Donnell is like he does like that dance with a mop or something like that? Hell yeah, dude! That's the uh, only scene of that movie my dad remembers. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> we were like an hour and ten minutes into this movie, and I paused it and I looked at her. I'm like, I just wish there was some way that we could put George Santos in this movie. Because like George sure Santos, is like a, he as just like a cunty evil politician. Like that's all this movie needs to be a five star movie for me. Like this movie. Like I know I've said this, and I'm not trying to belabor the point. This is the gayest movie I've ever seen in my life. Like only a gay man could have directed this, and I'm so so happy that they let Joel Schumacher be gay for once. Because some of his movies are just so fucking boring. <laughs> Yeah, it's so honestly, a lot of like, we want the real orders. Batman. It's like, hey man, have you seen like any Batman media made before the Tim Burton one? This this seems pretty uh 
Yeah. It seems like they nailed it, buddy. <laughs> I yeah, he, that's the thing is Joel Schumacher represented the majority of Americans at this point. They knew Batman not from the comics and not even from the Tim Burton movies. They knew him from the 60s. And there's a lot of the 60s DNA in this movie. Like, I'm yeah. sorry you read The Dark Knight Returns and you're mad about this, but uh, the, the, the fucking neon skull gang <laughs> is actually cool and good. Correct. I'm looking at the picture of the Batmobile again. <laughs> the giant fin fucking kills me, dude. I love it so much. It's so dog shit. I love it. I I, I understand why some people that aren't homophobes would dislike this movie, but uh, um, like like there's a lot of you know, like really cheesy one-liners and stuff in this, and like that stuff doesn't work especially well for me. Like I don't really need uh, Jim Carrey yelling joygasm. I uh, oh, yeah. I don't need whatever that fucking the the fucking pun about the holy rocks that Robin tells that I can't remember now is like cringe inducing. Like I, I, there's a lot of that, and I understand why somebody would look at that kind of stuff and go, "Well, this movie's kind of annoying." Because like, yes, it is in fact kind of annoying. But also, and I don't know if this is controversy or not, but like, never in my life have I found Nicole Kidman attractive except in this movie. So like, I don't know what that says about me, but. It's just the energy that this is bringing is just so, so its own thing that. Hey, wait a second! That's how I feel too. I just realized it. (laughs) What the (laughs) (laughs) I'm turning you around on this one. You know, I think Nicole Kidman has like permanent bad guy face, and it's not just because of Paddington. She she looks like a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) You got me. You got Uh, me. Look. As as somebody whose theater of choice is AMC and has seen that fucking Nicole Kidman trailer at least 150 times, like, I am much lower on my Nicole Kidman approval rating than just about everyone else on Earth. So for me to say something nice about Nicole Kidman in this movie where they just make her be really horny for a guy with a suit with nipples on it is uh, saying something. But, uh, you know, I, I think that it kind of works. I think everything in this movie kind of works. Whereas I look at, you know, the, the previous Tim Burton, well, I always mix up these titles, so I'm just not going to say the titles. Okay. Uh, the previous one was returns. Okay. Returns. Got it. Cause like, I would have said this one was returns and I'm just a moron. So it, just don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, it's, like it's in that movie, I'm supposed to find Michelle Pfeiffer hot. And I can't possibly do that because of how the character's written. And I think that, at least for me, she's objectively a lot more attractive than Nicole Kidman. So I'm not trying to turn it into a podcast about that, but uh, I don't know. I Everything in this movie works for me. Like, literally everything. I Not literally. It's, most, it's uh, not 95%, <laughs> but go ahead. You can't argue whether it's good with people, because either they accept that it's good that Two-Face's lair is cut down the middle and half of it is good and half is evil, <laughs> or they don't. Like, you can't... Yeah. That's just, that's that's taste. Either you got good taste or you don't. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> He's eaten two separate dinners I, I think every a lot of day. It, I, I think a lot of it really does come back to what you said, Parker. It's like a lot of people read Dark Knight Returns, which again, is unfilmable, but also as part of it, it's like, no, Batman's supposed to be for grown-ups. I'm like, I, uh, really? <laughs> Are you I, sure? I, as somebody that hates that shit with a fiery burning passion, that probably has something to do with why I enjoy this so much. Because there is, like, a certain energy of, like, oh, man, people that fucking worship the, the the Joker probably hate this fucking movie. Like, and I like that, because fuck those people. But, 
What are we going to get an R-rated Batman? When are you going to shut the fuck up, nerd? No one cares. I I just don't want to hear anything else about, like, oh, Chris watches baby movies. This is a baby movie. Hell yeah, dude. Goddamn right. (laughs) For cool babies. As as it should be. This is for rich babies. Literally about a character for children. this is this is the baby movie for like uh, the babies with money. This is like uh, oh yeah, I never had that toys. Yeah, man. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here like, what if I just bought that giant question mark scepter right now? <laughs> I just, I just go online and find that. I, I forgot the so question sick. mark scepter. This movie's real good, actually. Uh. <laughs> you know, did, wait, isn't Too this another by one throwing a bunch of quarters at him? He's like catching him. <laughs> ah, just falls to his death. <laughs> fucking love that <laughs> wait so good. i so I one of the stories about batman 89 is they almost had uh robin williams as a joker and apparently Ugh. i think they tried to i think they tried to get him for this one as the riddler but he was just like no nah, i kind of just want to play the joker man can you imagine fucking robin williams as the riddler in this movie be seven hours long <laughs> he called god please, like, please stop talking <laughs> Mr. Williams, are you here with us right now? Skating and bopping around? <laughs> uh, hang on, let me play this. Okay. It might sound a little something like this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Robin God damn it! <laughs> Son of a bitch. Well. Wow. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sure that uh, uh, Batman and Robin is in my near future. And if my memories of that movie hold up, I will probably not be as positive on Batman and Robin as I am on this one. But uh, we will see. This is yeah. why we do these stupid rewatches. It's a possibility Batman and Robin becomes like, yeah, that's a little too much ice cream. <laughs> yeah. I, in theory, there's almost nothing about Batman Forever that I should like, and yet I like it all anyway. So I don't know what that says. It definitely has um, the best end song. <laughs> oh, God, it's so good, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah I'm just thinking about on that it music video. And... <laughs> just I'm just saying. Sorry. I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about Always Sunny, where they used it in that one. <laughs> I just love the fact that if you put on the Kiss for a Rose video, you just see Val Kilmer, like, ziplining across the screen. It's so cool. What a good era. We didn't even talk about Val Kilmer as Batman. Hang on a second. Let's okay, wait, let's here. go back. Yeah, let, Alex, um, go ahead and tell me about him. Well, your era comment actually reminded me of something that I wanted to say about this. And that's that I think that I like this movie for the exact same reasons that I like the Pierce Brosnan Bond movie so much. That I think that while I am not particularly nostalgic for the mid-90s, I think there's something about the -the over-the-top aesthetic of those kind of movies that really, really does resonate with me in a way that almost nothing else from that era of culture does. And... That, that like, I couldn't stop thinking about, like, the world is not enough while I was watching this. It's just another movie that's, like, if you ask somebody who's trying to be a serious person, they're like, well, that movie's fucking stupid. Of course I don't like it. And I would just sit there and go, you're wrong. This movie rips. <laughs> like, mid-90s, fine. Mid-90s with money? Now we're cooking. Uh-huh. Now we're talking. Oh, yeah. oh, you spent six months on production? Let me just rub my little hands together here and settle <laughs> in. <laughs> What's that? Don the Dragon Wilson's just in a biker outfit fighting Chris O'Donnell? Yeah. Two tickets, please. <laughs> Correct. Um, Val Kilmer. Uh, is it crazy to say that this is my favorite Batman performance other than Pattinson? 
I can see it. I always liked his Bruce Wayne. I don't think it's crazy to call any Batman performance your favorite, you know? Like, everyone's got... There's a lot of people who love Clooney more than any other one, and they won't hear otherwise. um, Well, maybe I'll change my mind after I watch that one again. I don't know. But, uh... I I didn't like Keaton. I've never felt particularly strongly about Bale. I love Pattinson in those movies, but also in a lot of ways that, like, I like that movie because it's just Big O, but with Batman. Correct. Um, A show we will make Chris watch eventually. (laughs) <laughs> Probably, <laughs> man. If that strike went on a couple more months, <laughs> no, I, I finished the list. So you know, podcast is over. This is our last episode. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> We're ending on a good one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Always go out on top. <coughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think Kilmer is a good Bruce Wayne and a pretty good Batman and I think that averages out to probably being the best of you know the non-Pattinson ones but I really love that Pattinson performance so I feel a little bit biased oh I'd say I just love that it's a different energy it's like alright we just need like a hot older rich guy and then Val Kilmer is the room in like 1997 you're like yeah he could he could take my girlfriend immediately (laughs) you know to say a word she's just gone i can't be mad about it like yeah Uh you you should correct i'd be mad if he didn't have fun Uh all right moving on before uh before we get chris big mad and make him talk about all his batman stuff again um the immortal episode eight flight (gasps) 666 stop working as everyone (laughs) Perks up, yeah. <laughs> Lorenzo Lamas is probably my favorite Batman. I'm just going to cut everything before this. This is just going to be the episode. Uh, I'm just going to start with it. Just the cold open of the episode is whoever's talking about the immortal. Yeah. <laughs> We're just trying to get people in the door. We're like Netflix, baby. Yeah. Uh, so this one starts off in a uh, in a bio lab where a, a demon has been stealing the identities of scientists. Because he wants some chemicals or something. Uh, the head scientist questions one of his subordinates who's there on the weekend for seemingly no reason. And then, of course, that guy gets, like, yellow demon eyes. And then the, the, the main scientist is like, who the hell are you? And then this guy goes, you're evil twin. Call me Mr. Doppelganger. And just transforms into a copy of the other scientist. And kills him. <laughs> so this is where we're at. Um... As we do after the uh, the opening credits roll, which I watch 100% of the time and would not yes. skip if Tubi even gave me the option, because they fucking rule. Um, we, we start off, as we always do, with the girl and the virgin sitting around, you know, talking about how much it sucks to have to coexist with each other. Apparently Rafe is off hunting this demon and uh, has insisted that nobody help him because they might get hurt. Um, the, the lady is, of course, upset because she's like, I... I am a certified parapsychologist. Like, I, you know, I should be here for this. And so she's, like, chastising the virgin guy, just like, you should have insisted on helping him. Haven't you heard of the buddy system? To which the other guy looks into the camera and says, we're demon hunters, not synchronized swimmers. Uh, Oh, yes. So he gets out his big old book of demon lore, because they've uh, they've encountered this demon before. Um, Turns out this demon is a plague demon who, quote, Gets off on spreading disease and pestilence. He puts the black in black plague. Not sure what that means. Yeah, what? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> uh, so, like, we have this this interplay of these two characters, you know, just like, oh, we should help him. Oh, no, we shouldn't. The lady's like, don't worry. I hid a cell phone in his pocket. I'll just call him and see if he needs some help. 
And the guy's like, oh, I can't believe you managed to get him to use technology from, from this century. I'm still trying to get him updated on stuff from the 1800s. Um, so, so Rafe is, of course, like, under no circumstances should you guys come here. This is too dangerous. And she's like, oh, he said he needs our help. Let's go grab some ammo. Uh, <laughs> so they go. They're loading the backpack up with some supplies. Um <laughs> The virgin guy says, more ammo. You know he loves to shoot things. And then we get a cut to Rafe repeatedly firing a shotgun into a wall before we cut back to the scene. (laughs) (laughs) It is so fucking cool. Um, So anyway, back to the plague demon. Uh, He's murdered a bunch of security guards. And uh, now he's got another guy. Like, he's, you know, stealing all the good chemicals, I guess. He goes, oh, I love the Skull and Crossbones logos. And then he looks at the guy and says, if you're a good boy, I'll let you lick the spoon. And then pours the vial of poison down the guy's throat. (laughs) As he says, here comes the choo-choo right into Mr. Tunnel. (laughs) Uh, The the FBI shows up because they've been called to protect this lab. Um, And so now we've got... uh, like a standoff situation where the demon who is disguised as the scientist is just like Rafe came and killed all these guards. Oh no. Um, everybody else shows up. Somebody, I didn't attribute this quote for some reason, but somebody says a black death to go hold the flies, which I felt was worth repeating. Thank you. Um, uh, uh, so Rafe's dealing with the FBI while the Virgin and the lady are sneaking around. Uh, they they come across a uh, come across a dead guard, and the Virgin refers to him as quote getting slimed, which I guess is the way they called death in two thousand one. Uh, so Rafe gets taken into custody um, because he can't explain what he's doing there without mentioning shapeshifters, which he refuses to do because he's bound to an honor code or something. Uh, we get Rafe being interrogated at FBI headquarters. Um, you know he's handcuffed. He's trying to explain, like, no, 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 I'm on your side. The lady and her lackey or whatever leave the room for a minute. He's able to make a phone call telling his friends they need to buy tickets on Flight 566 to Denver. Because that's the flight that the Plague Demon is on. The lady storms back in the room, sees he's on the phone, he hangs up right away. She pulls out her gun and points it at him goes, alright, that's enough. To which he just kind of takes it out of her hands and points it at her instead. <laughs> while he's handcuffed, which is uh, very cool. Uh... But it's okay, because, uh, you know, she realizes that she should probably trust this guy. Uh, the Virgin and the Lady buy their tickets. Um, as they're at the airport, uh, we get, like, a little, like, camera wiggle. Like, there's, you know, like, a heat disturbance or something. And the sign changes to Flight 666. And he's like, what? That's not the ticket we... That's not the flight we bought tickets for. And they look down at their tickets, and they've also changed. Um... It's, it's worth mentioning at this point that, uh, you know, they're in the terminal and there's a guy in the terminal who's wearing sunglasses and around the neck headphones and he has frosted tips and he's just skateboarding around the fucking terminal. Uh, he'll come back later. Don't worry. Um, so they're trying to figure out which of these guys is the demon because he could be anybody. He's, he's, he's a uh, disguised demon. Um, the lady asks the virgin, isn't there some kind of demon test? To which the virgin replies, what? Like yelling Beezlebub sucks and seeing who looks up? <laughs> which uh, got her ass. Um, so the demon corners one of the passengers in the bathroom and steals his identity. 
And then he's going to board the plane, and he's like, oh, hey, sorry, I'm late. And the the check-in lady goes, uh, well, it's not like we could leave without you. And the camera pans back to the guy, and he's just suddenly wearing a pilot hat. <laughs> um, so while they're on the plane, uh, Rafe and the FBI agent are... Uh, uh, you know, they're 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 like, we gotta get out there. We gotta get to the airport. My friends are on that flight. This is where the, I didn't even write down what the fucking chemical is called, but it's stupid. Um, uh, she says, and I quote, "It's funny, Rafe. You strike me as a night person." To which he replies, "I strike a lot of people," which I liked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's good. That's good. I'm gonna use uh, that. <laughs> we cut to commercial we come back from commercial uh the plane has crashed off screen and we find out from the fbi lady getting a call and then the very next shot is the virgin and the girl perfectly fine just wandering around the woods in a bunch of plane wreckage um we get like five minutes of plane crash survivors squabbling which is like no i should be in charge no i should be in charge no this is what we should do to be rescued no this is what we should do to be rescued uh and they're trying to figure out which passenger is now the demon it turns out it's the girl that the virgin guy was trying to mac on in the airport. But actually, there's a twist, because there are several demons. And basically everybody on the flight except for them is a demon. Um, uh, at this point, like, Rafe shows up. They find the, uh, the very large Vince McMahon-looking dude demon walking around in the woods. Rafe fights him and manages to kill him with those little hand knives with the prongs that the Ninja Turtle uses that I don't know the name of. But uh, he's just got those for a minute. Um, then we get like a five minute montage of Rafe just mopping up all the little demons until he gets in a fight with the shapeshifter demon, who obviously has transformed into Rafe. So we get a Rafe versus Rafe fight, you know, with a lot of quick cuts, a lot of uh, a lot of rolls, a lot of spin kicks, you know, all the shit you like. Uh, while they're just shouting exposition to each other, at one point, uh, the real Rafe says, I killed Blackbeard with a sword, which I guess... Uh, Blackbeard is canonically a demon in this universe. Uh, and then he manages to do a spin kick that knocks the demon's head off, and the demon gets zapped into his portal to hell, and everything ends happily, and nobody dies, and the lady gets jealous that the hot FBI agent was hitting on Rafe. Tune in next week! <laughs> oh my god, it sounds like the best fucking show ever made. <laughs> I love the Immortals so much. I love the game of games now in a way i've never <laughs> had before it's gonna be hard to find something to replace the immortal with next year maybe we yeah. just do the immortal again yeah we, we all get like different like... episodes <laughs> i'm gonna write that down actually <laughs> uh one last thing to talk about which i presume i'll be tag teaming with parker oh and, uh... yeah you will a brand new, very real, not at all farcical documentary called Yeti Massacre about the uh, the Dyatlov Pass incident of 1959 in which a bunch of hikers died mysteriously in the Russian wilderness. Now, uh, Parker, uh, you're somewhat of an expert on this, uh, this whole scenario that happened. Uh, in your expert opinion, what would you say was responsible for the deaths of these nine hikers? I think... Stalin himself could have been behind the Russian Yeti massacre, <laughs> which is a quote line for line that a man says into the camera. Correct. Several times, actually. This movie presupposes, like, hey, we'll never know what happened to these people. Here's nine theories, and seven of them are a Yeti. And then an eighth one is Hitler's Yeti. 
<laughs> and then also just like I don't know, it's sonar or something. Oh yeah, the 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 Yeti sonar theory. The the that <laughs> these people went crazy in the woods not due to hypothermia, but because the Yeti had telekinetic powers. <laughs> the Yeti's just standing slightly out of frame with fucking two fingers on his temple like Charles Xavier just staring at them, <laughs> driving them to madness. Um so Let's just talk about uh, what you and I discussed beforehand. Um, when they discussed the Yeti Highway, and a man is standing on the beach doing Yeti calls, and the Chiron appears on the bottom of the screen and says his name and his, his occupation as Cryptid Tracker, we both separately had very, very existential crises of like, because it's just been my life the whole time. Like, I'm working this dead-end fucking job. I could just tell someone I'm a Cryptid Tracker. And have a camera follow me out to the beach just to like howl and be like, Nope, thought we'd see him today. No sign of him. They must have already caravanned that way. He knows the cameras are here. <laughs> He's you know, he, camera he telepathy. Yeah. <laughs> this I, is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. But in a good way. Oh, 100%. If you, like me, are somebody that grew up watching like modern Marvels and World War II documentaries on the History Channel... Or if you're somebody who slightly later in life maybe dabbled in a little bit of cannabis and watched a bunch of ancient aliens, this show is, or I mean, this movie's for you because it is set up exactly like every one of those episodes of all of those things, up to and including having the same narrator. It's that was a good choice. They know it's, who this is for. Correct. It is because it's, it's not just a yeti. It's a trained Soviet Yeti, and that's very important to get that distinction across. This isn't your run-of-the-mill cryptid. This was genetically enhanced by Stalin himself and let loose in the fucking mountains. It's, like, honestly, other than this being a little bit too long, everything is absolutely pitch-perfect for what one of these, like, real episodes would have been. It's, like staggering the time and care they put into not just you know putting commercial breaks into something that from what i can tell is not airing anywhere that actually has commercials but also just the way that they use like the most tangentially related stock footage they could possibly get their hands of hands on like one of the theories involves there being like a russian weapon test that pissed off the yeti and they just show stock footage of an atomic bomb being dropped on a house. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what they fucking did in these shows. Like, like this is exactly what I need. Thank you. Uh, we always dog on letterbox reviews, so I'd like to spotlight a good one. That, that told me that um, for all of the recreations of the Yeti, they're very clearly using a spirit Halloween Sasquatch costume because they almost bought that same one the day before. <laughs> so thank you to whoever that was for pointing that out to me. <laughs> they just bought one off the rack to film a man just running around snowy-ass woods. This it's, is it's amazing. Cool. This is it's, fucking incredible. If, if you are a little piggy like us who loves Squatch content and also loves mockumentaries, like, this is in your real house. Because, like, it's, it's kind of, it's got, like, the, the right tone where, like, you put it on and you don't know whether it's, like, you know, someone doing this seriously or someone doing this as a bit. And it takes you, like, five minutes to be sure. And I love that energy. Like, just, just, 
let me dangle for a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe these are like crazy Yeti theorists. Why not? And then you go, oh, well, we know way too much about this incident for any of this to even pretend to be accurate. <laughs> so presuppose that's what you were told. But what if it really happened? You're like, okay, you could do that with anything. Like, yeah, we know this happened. But where did the bite marks come from? You're like, what bite marks? You're like, aha, gotcha. Okay, I, I guess you did. The, the amount of fucking old Russian people they talk to in this movie is just so good. Like, <laughs> Woman who's like a survivor of a separate incident that I guess happened. <laughs> she just survived like, oh yeah, we also got cold and lost. I saw a yete. I'm like, uh, okay. Well, you can't argue I, I with that. I believe you, ma'am. What, when at like the hour, like like close to the hour mark of this movie, they're like, and now a never before known eyewitness has come forward and it's like somebody that lived like 50 miles from there and then you just look for a second you're like you're not even old enough to have been alive during <laughs> this the math is check out man it's perfect it's perfect in every way it's important to point out um because it is like framed like a tv show so like there's several theories like we said but every time a custom new one it flashes on the screen so it says theory number four nazi killer yeti and you're like, okay, well, I guess we'll give this ten more minutes. And then we'll get to number five, Stalin's Yeti. And you're like, okay, I'll give it ten more minutes. And the next thing you know, you've spent 75 minutes watching this dog shit. Because <laughs> just when you think it's about to wrap up, they're like, all right, and to recap. And they run it all down again. You're like, yeah, this is a good use of my afternoon. This is really good. <laughs> Stalin cool. refused to give up on his dream of harvesting Yeti for military power. <laughs> Is another quote lifted from this. Yes. That is correct. All of it. All of it has that fucking stupid goodness you want. Uh, they mentioned Stalin several times. Oh, yeah. Stalin is very, very in this movie, which is funny when you realize that he was dead for like a decade when this incident <laughs> happened. It's like, Doesn't wait, so you're, so you're telling me Hitler captured a Yeti, trained it, let it loose when he died in 1945, and 15 years later it murdered people in the Ural Mountains? Okay. <laughs> hey, you can't prove that it didn't. That's true. Just a th hey, just a theory. Just a theory, man. We're just, you know, there's no such thing as a bad idea. Anything could be possible. Hypothermia? Never heard of her. Now, what if a man-ape experiment broke out of a Soviet <laughs> lab? <laughs> This is the best thing I've ever seen. Correct. If you know, you know on this one. Like, if any part of this is appealing to you, drop everything you're doing and watch this immediately. If you it's don't like laugh in yeah. literally the first two minutes, if you don't laugh, you can shut it off. You're not going to have a good time. Because but... <laughs> it does like the thing all these shows do where they show a bunch of the talking heads real quick and then it shows the title card. And the thing about the, the, the just the fucking drop line of like, a Russian killer Yeti, and then it cuts to black, and the title card comes up. Like, if you're not in from that, I don't know what to tell you. Also, you, why are you listening to this? We don't have the Correct. same interests. We're not going to get along. What a film! Big recommendation to everyone out there. We'd love Literally, to see it. Everyone with a pulse. Yes. Correct. Uh, Parker, what did you watch? Well, I would like to spotlight a YouTube channel that I uh, learned of recently that uh, really mixes all of our interests together. Uh, they make two types of videos. Uh, one about Godzilla movies, going through the history of every single one of them. And the other is about the New York Jets. 
So big shout out to Big Action Bill. Love to see that. The last three uploads in order are It's Over, Week 1 of the 2023 Jet Season. The Jets are back, Week 6 of the 2023 Jet Season. And Godzilla Minus 1, spoiler free review. This is curated content solely for us. Dude, awesome. I can't believe this exists and how we didn't corner this market ourselves. Let's see here. You know what? Let's just start with Gold Rush. Hell the yeah, dude. The second yeah. best show on television. <laughs> now, let's, let's talk about the other ones before I get to the Hoffman boys, because that's who I really <laughs> want to talk about. Uh, my doppelganger slash friend of the show and little twink boy Parker is just really struggling out there, not hitting the numbers they need. So uh, a man named Tony Beats arrives, looking like a fucking ghoul, and is like, hey, you need to step it up, okay? And then he just leaves, and he's like, oh gosh, I guess I gotta crank this into overdrive. And every single person on his crew tells him, like, you cannot do that, you're gonna break all of this. He's like, yeah, but Tony Beats told me to do it. And they're like, oh. okay. And spoilers, at the end of the episode, the, the main component just breaks in half. So he's completely fucked. He's ruined his whole operation. All at the behest of a man that looks like Bob from Twin Peaks. It's really good. <laughs> Off to the the Dakota boys. Um, they had, you might remember, they had absolutely no luck where they were mining. They could not find their glory hole. So the younger of the Dakota boys has taken a helicopter up to a mountain to see if they can strike up there. And then a storm hit. So it turns out, did not in fact strike gold up there. Now... The bulk of this episode. My good friends, the Hoffman gang. They were in the jungle, as you've all seen, having to like create, recreate these bridges, drive heavy-ass trucks across, rebuild said bridge to get more parts across. They finally get everything running. They've been out there for 73 days, have not found a crumb of gold. But, as we learned last week... There could be some diamonds out there. So they spend 20 grand on a new giant piece of equipment. And wouldn't you know it, they spend all day setting it up and it's fucking leaking from everywhere. It's not just like one tube is fucked up. Just like everywhere you look, there's just water spraying out of it. The whole thing is fucked. Has to be patched up, fixed. So they send the youngest boy to town. He's the youngest in the group. He wants to prove himself. So he's going to drive... It's like a three-hour drive in good conditions to go get the parts. Immediately gets stuck in a creek and has to get pulled out of it. <laughs> the entire group are the most incompetent people on the fucking planet. So he gets pulled out of the creek. Uh, it completely fucks up the truck. Like there's water everywhere. Like it's just they open the door and water just pours out like a fucking drug driving commercial from a decade ago. Like the truck's fucked. So they have to find other means. Long story short, they finally get their part. The machine's going, and they're just going for like five hours. And then they find out there's holes all over the screens, so it's all unusable. <laughs> so they decide they're going to go check by hand. They go out there, dig, and they find a diamond, and they all get in a circle and start praying. And the episode ends. I am obsessed with this show. I cannot apologize more for not just watching it when you told me to. Because this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Having to choose between this and Immortal is really like... In either way, we're eating good. I... 
two shows where as soon as the season's over, I'm just going to watch every episode that I missed. <laughs> yeah, Gold Rush is going to become your, like, I'm going to lay in bed and just put this on until I fall asleep. And you stay up three hours later than you planned on. <laughs> I did, in fact, the best of us. have this on before we started recording, and I drifted out for about five minutes, and I woke up to that car just being pulled out of the water. It's like, oh, fuck, I thought I dreamed that. These people are that <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Like, I have to do this. I have to prove myself. And the next thing you see is him going, oh, fuck. Oh, Jesus. And, like, the car is being submerged in some muddy-ass, dirty water in the jungle. <laughs> I fucking love it, dude. Uh, we've been on a big reality TV kick because uh, Kitchen Nightmares is back. One of the greatest shows of all time. Because he just goes in these restaurants, tells them they're all fucking morons and to fix everything. And then they still shut down a month later anyways. It doesn't matter. <laughs> But uh, I'm a big fan of Slop, so I popped this on. And uh, the first episode I watched, um, the big issue was a man in the kitchen who calls himself the culinary gangster. (laughs) Who makes $100,000 a year as their head chef. And also is terrible at it. And (laughs) their their big thing is like, it's another one of these like shitty upscale like sports bars where it's like we have nachos and mac and cheese and burgers and it all costs like thirteen dollars and it's a nightmare. So Chef Ramsay, of course, orders uh, their nachos and cheese, which is of course homemade cheese. Why wouldn't it be? It's it's made in house. It's all in house. And then we find out five minutes later that he just buys cheese and mixes it with cheese whiz. <laughs> the look on his face. You might as well told him that his dog just got shot in the head. He looks more upset <laughs> than I've ever seen anyone look. Uh, this restaurant also has uh, all their menus are on QR codes, Ugh. and the QR codes don't work. So this poor waitress has to tell Gordon Ramsay, oh, uh, well, just go to the website and just scroll down and then tell me what you want, as he's just staring daggers at this 17-year-old who looks like she wants to kill herself. Uh, they renovate the, the restaurant, and they change the menu, and it all works out. Next episode got me like actually mad online, because... It's a golf course country club. How can you possibly fuck up? A go- All you have to do is have, like, Caesar wraps, sandwiches, and beer. And these fucking morons could not figure it out. I was yelling at my TV. I had this on the second TV while Red Zone was on. And I was fully focusing on it, getting so mad online that these goddamn stupid people couldn't figure out, like, I don't know, man, just make, like, jalapeno poppers. You walk in the place, it looks like a prison. All the walls are either gray or brown. There's like three people inside, and they're losing like, oh shit. This is the one where he told his wife, like, oh yeah, I took out a small loan. And then Gordon asks how much, and he looks there and goes, uh, three quarters of a million dollars. <laughs> uh, what, spoilers, what kind of food were I don't they think there's Just fucking undercooked raw fucking chicken wings. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> like, uh, look, I can't cook for shit. But if I uh, if I had a chicken nugget and I opened it up and it was pink, I would think, oh, I think something's wrong here. <laughs> they, they literally have golf carts with coolers on the back where they just drive around and go, hey, you look thirsty. And then they make like two grand a day on that. And they're still hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, don't think I, could, I don't think I could run a restaurant. I feel like I could figure out how to make a couple sliders and serve them to drunk golfers. <laughs> So yeah, that show is still the best, but it also still has the same formula. Like, after two, you're like, I don't think I know where this is going. I can watch something yeah. else now. <laughs> Which is what leads me to... Oh, I watched a... 
Speaking of found footage movies, okay, this is not as good as Deadstream. I will I will say that up top. But I watch a film off Prime called Hashtag Chad Gets the Axe. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, brother. <laughs> uh, let me tell you right now, um, best part of the movie is that the chat's on screen the entire time. And when they walk into the, the spooky haunted attic and there's a dead body hanging from the ceiling and someone just types Hashtag Dead Ass. <laughs> okay, this movie's getting three stars. <laughs> it actually has like a really good bit where uh, they hear something behind them. They're like, oh, the fuck is that? And it's pitch black behind them. So they, they put on one of the Snapchat filters where it puts like a little ghost on their face. And it just starts flickering behind them over their shoulder. That's a good bit. That's a good way to use technology instead of just having people, like you said, argue, hey, turn the camera off for this. I'm very mad. Uh,. It's good to see, like, streaming used in an interesting way. Still not as good as Deadstream. Um, big fan of the scene later on where, he, like, all of his friends are dead. Um, everyone hates this dude because he's really fucking annoying. He's running away from a ghost slash killer slash whatever. He's hiding out, and he's texting one of his streamer friends, like, dude, call the police. Oh, because he calls the police, and they're like, oh, you're that guy? Yeah, 911's not for prank calls. Go fuck yourself. So he can't call the cops. So he texts his friend to please, please call the police. And he just texts back, I can't bro, I'm streaming COD. He's like, dude, I'm not fucking around. I'm about to die. And he just sends him an emoji, a fucking skull emoji and stops responding to him. Um, as our main character is hacked to death by the killer with a giant axe, someone in the chat says he should get sponsored by Axe Body Spray. Three stars. <laughs> Check it out. It's pretty good. <laughs> I think that's yeah, that's about it for me. The only real ace up my sleeve was the Yeti massacre, not yeah. knowing that my good friend Alex also went on the Yeti highway with me. How could I not? <laughs> it's so good. So let's talk about now. You see before, known in other regions as Omega Code Two. Interesting. <laughs> Presto changeo. <laughs> we just changed the yeah, movie that... in front of your eyes. <laughs> uh, now you see before is what it's called in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> It's important, as we describe this movie, just keep reminding yourself, this came out 10 days after 9-11. Just keep that buried in the back of your mind. Because, ooh, doggy. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the movie begins with a text scroll, if I could read it. Please. The beast shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and they that dwell on earth shall wonder when they behold the beast that was, and is not, yet is. all right so uh this is a sequel to the omega code which of course we've seen before and uh who hasn't yeah alpha and omega code we've all seen it so young stone alexander is uh (laughs) (laughs) immediately i'm in (laughs) this is my baby boy stone (laughs) hello Absolute nerve for this child to not be British. (laughs) I mean, well, he gets over it, but but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's a way to describe the changing accent. (laughs) Yeah, I got over it. British now. (laughs) Toss up in Italy. 
Yeah. <laughs> what has British accents? I think uh, one of the things about movies that we do on the show is we usually like to hone in if a character has a stupid name like Stone Alexander. Uh, but in truth, if you look at the credits, you'll see that it's not Stone Alexander. It's Stone Alexander slash Satan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up, folks. Yeah. So young Sa- again, uh, Parker. Have you ever seen uh, Damien the Omen Two? It's a movie. Uh, once. Yeah, but I feel like list. I just saw it again. So, <laughs> uh, for anyone who hasn't seen that movie, it's about young Damien. Remember him from The Omen? Of course you do, or you probably have heard of it at least. Yeah, well, now we get to follow his career in military school. It starts off. I wanted to mention that it starts off a little eight-year-old Stone Alexander, and is uh, <laughs> such a good opening. <laughs> his newborn baby. He's like upset because his mom died. He blames a baby for it, and uh, he goes to the fireplace, is consumed by the fire, and drops a lit match with his baby brother and his slit uh servant woman is just like yo what, what are you doing and they I, get rid of him and they don't want him into two like black people dungeon. in the movie <laughs> yeah i i love this scene because it does a close-up of something that's sitting on the mantle that i could not fucking tell what it was until he went and got a match i'm like oh i guess it's matches it looks like a fucking speaker like what the yeah, fuck I, is that thing i could not tell what the <laughs> yeah. fuck that was the entire time oh correct yeah so anyway he uh I guess he just leaves that room and he goes to a church and uh, prays to <laughs> yeah, the, the devil. The maid comes in and saves the brother and he's like, I'll see you in 20 years, kid. Goodbye. <laughs> so he, he goes to a church, which is a good place to look for the devil. And uh, Udo Kier is there. <laughs> <laughs> Actual and, uh, <laughs> human vampire demon himself. Becoming the Renfield for this boy. <laughs> so that's the thing. I don't believe in ghosts. I believe in vampires. Udo Kier is right there. <laughs> he scares the fuck out of me. <laughs> I wrote down a note here that says, Udo Kier kisses a young boy's hand. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Italy. Yeah, right. Oh, I... <laughs> It'd be weird if he Much didn't like, do that. <laughs> see, see our Priscilla conversation from earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, his father's like, I expect great things out of my boy. Which one? Uh, the younger one, David, or... No, don't. Don't tell me. Yes, Stone shall take over my empire. This is my son, Stone. He shall take over my... And this is David. <laughs> I like <laughs> Great. He's... The fuck do I do with that? He sends him to uh, military school. Now, I don't think any one of us went to military school. Uh, we weren't that poorly behaved. But God, uh at their military school, I wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> at their military school, it's like yes. In the ancient days, they used weapons such as this, and he thrusts a halberd at one of the kids. <laughs> That's so cool, dude. I like that some of the extras I mean, who are in that scene like they give each other looks. <laughs> I'd be in fucking Israel right now, going, you know, Jason didn't even get his mask until the third one, right? And they're like, thank you so much. Thank you for saving us. <laughs> Should be fully deployed in my stupid ass brain. <laughs> you know, you can just make an Amityville movie. Like, that's just a house. Like, you can just do it. So Lilo and Stitch had Elvis in it, too. This actually inspired two different movies. So anyway. Uh, did we see did you know he had a brother named Leroy? Like, what? <laughs> the fuck out of here? I didn't know that shit. All right, so anyway, I wasn't uh, making that up. I don't yeah, know. I'm gonna leave it in. So anyway, uh, he 
<laughs> thinking about going to Israel. He started mentioning the crutches. Now imagine, <laughs> like imagine I was just yelling like that, and then and then in the next scene, I was an adult man who spoke like he was an Austin Powers, because that's the experience of watching this movie. Yeah, uh, Stone Alexander, <laughs> at the age of 21, is... <laughs> The boss is seized, moishy Uh 21-year-old tw- Stone Alexander is played by Noah Huntley. Uh, hey, Stone, now, did you watch the Dark Tournament? It's really good, actually. <laughs> Noah Huntley, who was uh, also in uh, the fucking uh, Chronicles of Narnia movies, if you care about those. His cheekbones sure, in this movie... My goodness. <laughs> He's got the Chad physiognomy, like, in a bad way. It's starting to affect his skull shape. They had to get, like, they had to have, like, NASA invent a lens just to capture all of his face. It looks like in the mask where the bad guy puts it on. He <laughs> does. Fucking head. <laughs> Now, he's also, that's the thing, is at military school, you don't just learn how to kill people with halberds. You also learn a whole bunch of different skill sets, such as judo, where uh, he he kills two, <laughs> or he didn't kill, he, he beats the shit out of two people, and then the only Asian guy in that uh, entire military school goes, yeah, that was nice. And uh, he catches the eye of... Italy, uh, known for <laughs> judo, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he catches the eye of a lovely young lady, and uh, he impresses her by playing Paganini really fast. Uh, I love the way that's just I fucking just... role playing the violin. First of all, it's more impressive that he's able to fit that violin against his cheek, and uh, the way he holds it, and it's just he is going hard on those fucking strings too, staring daggers at her, and she's like, ah. and uh, then what else does he do? Oh, what do you have? Some... Uh, actually, Chris, when that when the devil plays it, it's called a fiddle. Yeah, you know, I wrote down originally fiddle, but he's like wearing a suit when he plays. You don't wear a suit when you play fiddle. They don't have Unless fiddles in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Anyway, the, he, we also have a uh, paintball. Uh, oh oh my a, god! Yeah, <laughs> so much paintball. Dude, yeah, the, the paintball battle simulation like... <laughs> paintball scene. You must learn how to kill your enemies. And I'm like, all right, okay. <laughs> you just <laughs> teach him how to play fiddle earlier. It's <laughs> not going to help you kill anybody. <laughs> so anyway, there's a. Maybe we the... should spend more time on like shooting and not <laughs> practicing the fiddle. One of their smoke but grenades no. has like pink smoke, and it creates the it, it creates the visage of Udo Kier. <laughs> I would throw <laughs> down my weapons. <laughs> you know, maybe that's why Italy's so bad at fighting. <laughs> yeah, so he he uh, shoots the shit out of one of his friends. He says, "Ha, I got you!" And his friend goes, uh, <laughs> "Well, at least it is all fun and games, yeah." And his friend is just, uh, <laughs> and his friend's like, uh, "You are a fool if you think you can beat me." And he turns and walks away. His friend goes, "Well, Gabriella doesn't think I'm a fool." He sounds like one of the guys in Beer Fest. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> then by using Devil Beck, <laughs> then using That's his you're say un bex. <laughs> anyway, then he uses his Devil Magic to turn his paintball welts into tape into paintball bullet holes. It's so good. The guy's just spitting up orange paint. And yeah, then we'll just cut to a different scene entirely. <laughs> yeah. There's no follow-up. That's fine. Yeah. And then uh, the Stone Alexander, which this is about the point where Stone Alexander's face takes over the screen. 
Airdrop's like, holy shit, there's not a mountain they could carve his face out of. <laughs> you couldn't get about Rush. I had a few guy. thoughts on this. Like, yeah, I know, man. I can see him. <laughs> well, Papa. <laughs> it's so cool. It's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to this military school. And then he speaks like that, and everyone else speaks like the fucking vampire society from Twilight. Yeah. It's really good. He's like, I actually will marry your daughter, and you can't stop me. <laughs> and he summons like a demon like, cat made of smoke in I order to like, kill that guy who he can't see I got to see a, a CGI demon dog jump scare in a Christian horror <laughs> so sick dude it's the yeah. best then there's a there's a little uh, gala and I've missed galas they should bring back galas uh, which has a great line from some of the background it says uh, America lost the war in Vietnam because of the media yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, I got bad news. I got bad news about what's coming down the pike in about two months from now. (laughs) Not looking so good. Yeah, uh, this is uh, this is where we get Chad Michael Murray. He's in this movie for about fifteen minutes. No, he's not. He's in for (laughs) fifteen seconds. Just show uh, up and just be like, hey, hey, it's been a long time, brother. She's so fucking hot, though. Like, are you guys good? Can I can I talk to your girlfriend? Can I? Can I dance with her? <laughs> and then he just leaves for another 20 years. Yeah, then they never see each other again. Uh, meanwhile, they've both become captains of industry. Uh, David Alexander. Uh, you know, David from the Bible. There's a, like, kind of like a Christian sort of thing. Oh, I get it. Movie. Uh, he's clever. grown up to be, from Chad Michael Murray, he's now Michael Bean. And he looks like a 1930s gangster. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Close enough, you know? Yeah. And uh, Noah Huntley has become Michael York, who... Honestly, that one I could see because he looks like he has uh, Robert Zadar syndrome, just like not quite as bad. <laughs> uh, and he's like, hello. <laughs> he sounds closer <laughs> like Tim Curry. <laughs> it's bananas. Because yeah. it's an immediate jump from the end of the gala scene to just, yes, I am the president of Earth. You're like, fucking what? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> If only you had gone to Italian military school. (laughs) And uh, he kills his father in front of a security camera. I'm like, what, the devil didn't know that was there? No, it turns out the devil knew it was there and was manipulating the film with devil magic. Obviously. Don't worry about it. That's what devils do. Yeah, so anyway, Stone Alexander is, uh, which again is the name of the Satan in this. He becomes the first ever, I had to write this down, Chancellor of the United World Union. Yep. Yeah, so Don't you guys remember it. Steve hey, Bannon? Ask all right your around. Christian friends how they feel about one world government. They will yeah. tell you a lot about it, yeah, whether you just, want them to or not. If you remember uh, Steve Bannon right around 2015 and 2016, he's the guy who really uh, started kicking the ball on uh, globalism, which I always oh, thought was like... the watched f- this movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is like the funniest fucking boogeyman that he ever had. It's like, oh, man, he ate a food from a different culture. Oh, no. And this whole thing is about like a one world government and everything. Uh, I, I did like that Arlie Ermey was president of the United States. We were so close to having you him. You know what? I can see it. I'd vote for him. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. If he had run after 9-11... I... I can see it. It's like he so ran mail call. He's he not can actually run a, a drill. <laughs> he's not a real drill instructor. It was a movie. Nah, I like the. I like what he's saying. He's gonna get stuff done. Right. So, so Stone Alexander is giving a, a speech, and uh, the cabinet, which I guess just consists of these five guys, is uh, watching him in a room. And uh, one of the cabinet members is like, "Sounds like Adolf Hitler, but with an attitude." I don't write that down. <laughs> 
And uh, Adolf Hitler, known for being pretty level-headed and cool about it. Yeah. <laughs> David Alexander is uh, vice president. He's worked his way up from senator. Uh, we know he was senator before because he was uh, dancing with his brother's wife. It's like, you know this could be considered a political statement. She's like, what? He's like, uh, never mind. Can I touch you? And uh, <laughs> What does that mean? I want to fuck you so bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. So they're on a plane and Arlie Ermey's playing Gin Rummy. Because he's old. And, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've and never seen like, that game in the wild before. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I've only and, heard it foretold in Legends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whenever you like read your compulsory western of the day, you know, it's like, and they play Gin Rum, you're like, what the hell? <laughs> I don't have that on Game Is Boy. Is that a drinking game? <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Uh, uh, it's important Irby. to notice, um, I just want to backtrack a bit, just to like set the scene here. So he murders the shit of his dad, right? Yeah. There's an abrupt cut, like, from his dad laying dead on the ground to him doing a black mass ritual with Udo Kier and a bunch of smoke. Yeah. And then cutting to stock footage of Operation Desert Storm, I guess? Yes. And then there's like, alright guys, so that's over. So world hunger's gone and there's peace in the Middle East. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, that's a 30 second montage of dead dad, uh, satanic ceremony, there's... There's peace in the Middle East, uh, no one's hungry anymore, and I'm president of Earth with yes. one language and one currency. Yeah, you know, remember the Tower does of not, you know, doesn't waste any time. We, yeah. get, we get going. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, they're on the plane, which uh, you can kind of tell that this is just a room that they filmed somewhere. I was reminded of uh, one of those, uh, what, the money plane episode we did. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> finally, someone's reminded of that movie. Uh, anyway. Kelsey um, Grammer should have been in this. Right, exactly. So God, he should have been the president. Too. So Arlie Irby is playing Jin Rose. Like, so what you working on there, boy? And he looks over at Michael Bean. He's like, <laughs> well, uh, I've been uh, working on this project for you. You know, the vice president. They, you just give him like a little project. And uh, yeah. he's like, there's been a <laughs> string of... He with the president. Yeah, he's like, there's been this string of bizarre deaths associated with Stone Alexander. You mean your brother, don't you? <laughs> I'm like, man, that's a good thing we didn't <laughs> get this job That way people talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ah, oh, so, yes, your human brother you grew up with, but you since grown distant from. So they Say, why him, don't you talk to your brother about this one world government? So they meet him in one of the Middle East, uh, you know, compounds that I think was featured in Wonder Woman 1984. And, uh, <laughs> I'll take you back. Right? Yeah. And, uh... Stone Alexander uh, says, hey, Arlie Ermit, you should join a one-word government. I can't, I, I'm sorry, I'm not doing his, his accent right. Who wants to do Stone Alexander's accent? It would be too good. I don't want to embarrass you. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. Hey, Alex. <laughs> All right. So, uh, it's me, Stone Alexander. Yeah. This is my American brother. Don't worry like, about it. And our leader was like, I'm sorry, we just weren't going to join your one world government. Americans don't seem to like that sort of thing. And uh, Stone Alexander was like, yes, sir. we knew the whole time. And kills him with a handshake heart attack. And, uh, he gives him brain COVID with his touch. <laughs> so cool. That's, that is a bit that I've only ever seen on 24. So I uh, was happy which, with that. Yeah, which, by the way, I was like, why didn't he do that to his dad instead of picking him up and throwing him off a balcony? <laughs> throwing him like Heihachi? <laughs> The Wikipedia refers to this as a, quote, supernaturally induced heart attack, which is the funniest <laughs> string of words I've ever heard in my life. All right, so Stone Alexander uses this to, uh, you know, consolidate world power and everything, and he uses it to sort of, like, blackmail the people of America, be like, oh, join our one world government or else uh, I'll kill you. 
So uh, one of the ways that he does it, first of all, he has a power where he could touch Udo Kier and open his mouth and bees come out. And his wife like kind of <laughs> looks at him. <laughs> his wife looks at him and she hides in the corner and she's like scared. I was like, this is this gets back to what Alex talked about. You got to show the good moments of the relationship to see why she stayed with him. <laughs> you really do. I, I mean, th- this if this movie does one thing well, it convinces me that I should definitely read the Bible again because it sounds so based. <laughs> I, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> now let's clip that out of context <laughs> yeah, that's how we all lose our jobs so anyway uh... <laughs> treating the new testament like the prequel tri- or like the sequel tri- <laughs> you'd be like i don't know they really callbacks old shit that sucks i'm yeah. an ot kind of guy starting a group chat for bible lore <laughs> ruin johnson was the worst apostle <laughs> These 12 fucking beta cucks just yeah. follow a guy around. Pretty sus to me. You go- I'm ready to go Old Testament. <laughs> what two right. men are kissing, burn it to the ground. Like, uh, okay. All right, you got to get ready hanging for- out outside a crucifix all day, every day. You, you allegedly have a job. You got you, <laughs> you to hear this next line, though. This next line, Michael Bean is uh, standing up against his brother. You know he is because he's wearing camo pants and a black t-shirt, which is like, I have to, <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I have to assume that that's just the way that like Michael Bean dresses to go to church. Uh, so he says, you don't have a chance in hell, Stone. And Stone says, and I guess we all put along with this one, oh, I'll always have a chance in hell, David. <laughs> <laughs> he does that so many times in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Then he, then he gives like a beer hall push sort of speech to the world. He says, uh, not only am I chancellor of the uh, world globalist order, I'm also declaring myself new god. <laughs> you have to, uh, <laughs> you, you have to... <laughs> And then what happens? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> just starts shooting force lightning at a bunch of Africans. Yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, there was the, the, an African cleaning lady. And then a bunch of Africans that say, you are not God. And then he just shoots <laughs> lightning at them for daring to say that. And that's all of the black people in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he just shoots a lightning bolt in the sky. Some random ass. Oh, there are zones now. So it's just the Africa zone. Because I'm assuming he still kept them segregated. Yeah. And I'll put all of them over there. That's fine. Yeah. Well, it's not just the Africans that he goes after. He, go- he also goes after the Chinese. Both of them. He has a, a Zoom call with. <laughs> he has a Zoom call. You know, Chinese well known for strength and numbers, and uh, he has a Zoom call where they're just like, "Hey, join me, world order. Why don't you join it?" And uh, they're just like, "No, I don't want to." He's like, "Oh, we'll convince you." <laughs> I had to find an accent that worked. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? This world government. <laughs> uh, Parker. He also goes after the Latins. Now you're the closest one to Latin america so i feel like you have a special sort of knowledge you know when he, they keep saying as long as we got the chinese and the latins we don't have to join them and then to learn that the latins are just a couple of tanks with a mexican flag on top it's a really good reveal also why would they be the lone holdouts like, i don't understand the entire uh, fucking eastern hemisphere is just like folded over to the one world government and then puerto rico is just like nah not, not like that, partner. Not yeah, like that. It's, it's doubly insane when you think about what the fucking politics of this movie are. Like, ah, yes, Christian conservatives in 2001 really loved China and Mexico. <laughs> I guess you're right. 
yeah. those would this be movie, the ones that would have our back. This movie's so confusing because it's like, yeah, I fully believe that America would be the ones to be like, we ain't joining shit. But also, <laughs> every Republican I know would be like, yeah, we should just have one currency and one language. So it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, it would not be a hard sell on most of the people I work with. Like, what if everyone spoke English and there was no exchange rates? And then they started talking about the Iraqi DNR, and it's a whole yeah, thing. Right, right, yeah. You gotta get out of there. Yeah. This point, it's like KDR. Anyway, so, anyway, so... you get a shootout between the Secret Service and the FBI. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Secretary, <laughs> Christian the, movie? the Secretary of State does a coup. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes on TV and goes, uh, the Vice President uh, is a little cuck boy who loves his brother and won't join. So, if you see that motherfucker, shoot him in the head. And everyone's like, fuck yeah, dude, we're doing it. Yeah. Putting one in his head Hand over the president. Not over my life. Okay, bam! (laughs) (laughs) It's a hell of a shot, too. All right, I I just keep thinking about this scene in which uh, David Alexander escapes the office of the presidency. And he goes into a church, and all the refugees are there like, save us, us pure believers, that's all we have. And uh, It's like that shot to... in Batman v Superman with all the yeah, exactly. Superman's feet. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and brought it back. Thank you. There we go. I, I'm also... You ever heard uh, that line, uh, where is your God now, David? Which is answered now with, uh, oh, he'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's, he just texted me, he's running a little late, but he's coming. I do kind of feel like, you know... No, he, uh, he goes to a different school. Yeah. <laughs> He's in Canada. <laughs> so, uh, I, I do kind of feel like the, the Bugs Bunny episode. It's like, I'm going to tell my big brother on you. <laughs> uh, I decided this was the best movie I'd ever seen when uh, the vice president, now acting president, also disgraced, be, currently being cooed president, uh, rallies up a bunch of special forces people and they do a raid on a Roman castle hosting the <laughs> devil. <laughs> that was when I knew, like, this is a five-star movie if I've ever seen one. Okay, now, uh, Alex, I, I know that you don't seem to have quite the same amount of, uh, you know, passion for this movie that Parker and I do. I guess you didn't buy the DVD. Sorry, I grew up in a Christian household. I don't know what to tell yeah, you. That's, yeah, that's where you're losing me on this one. See, that's the thing. It's is literally like, the uh, whole thing. I, I grew up in a Catholic household, and my mom would turn this off like five minutes. And now... Alex, I oh, one scene I think he did like was the transformation scene from stone to Satan. <laughs> How could you not? He just turns into the dragon from Shrek. <laughs> he does it by, you see like the, the fingers coming out of his scalp. It is, like, I, to call this a Spyro the Dragon-ass character would be insulting to the PS1. <laughs> no, he looks like the final boss of Medieval. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> the the thing that this reminds me of the most is when you go on one of those 4D rides at Universal Studios and like some shitty CGI monstrosity from 1998 comes out of the screen and is real close to your face except <laughs> in this 9/11 era Christian movie. It's so cool. I fucking love this thing. <laughs> it's great. And then God comes out and just shoots lightning over everyone. And Udo Kier starts shit-talking the devil, who's his boss. I thought you couldn't get away with that thing. I love everything about the climax of this movie. Because, you know, our our good friend Stone, a.k.a. the devil, is doing his huge speech about how no part of this final battle matters. Because all of the armies are just his trophies, and it's really just about people believing in him. And then five seconds later, the Chinese and the Latins uh, turn against him, and he goes, no, I'm losing the battle. 
Um, my favorite part is uh, he decides, like, we're going to stop this before war breaks out. I'm going to sneak into the camp and shoot Stone in the head. So he just, like, <laughs> sneaks around like a fucking cartoon character on his tippy toes, walks past 40 guards, walks up behind someone and goes, Stone! And the guy turns around and it's someone else and he just gets thrown <laughs> in a fucking John McCain spider hole. <laughs> it's really good. It, you know my favorite part about this is that God saves the day, which, you know, as is usual, just does that. And then we don't see any more people. It's just like a shot of the earth, like a wide shot, you know? It's just like, yeah, just take They don't have to rebuild anything. No one's talking about this or anything. It's just the day is... It, I'm thinking back to, like, Parker, we talked about this. Like, those 1950s sci-fi movies where, you know, what has God wrought? The <laughs> end! <laughs> Everyone dies, and it just cuts to a Bob Ross painting of like a waterfall, and then a quote from <laughs> Revelations comes on screen. With the other one of the most insane, <laughs> the other good one. Yeah, um, a... you said that's your favorite part. Uh, my favorite part's the CGI helicopters. They look really good. Oh, right, dude. <laughs> uh, this, the combination of the CGI helicopters and like the four lane road that has sixty CGI tanks on it. Like, <laughs> dude, big fan. Oh, man. Him turning into the literal CGI PS1 devil, darkening the sun and bringing his army back from the dead, and then just a, a white spotlight coming down and killing him. The movie ends with him being sent back to hell. He's in the hell in chains in, like, lava. And then yeah, even though, like, melts into the lava, I'm like, I, I thought he was Satan. I thought he was, like, kind of used yeah, to that sort of thing. Kinda, it's his house. Like, why it's a living. Him up down there? Don't they yeah. like him? Oh no, Sonic's new to Lava Pool. <laughs> Dad's back. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome back, bro. Oh uh, man, I'm yeah, back in heck. Dumbest piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, this is uh I shout out to Andrew Schomberg who found this for us. This is uh, you found this on Jordanian TV. <laughs> Hell yeah. I dude. will I will say uh, with full confidence. I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> I've seen a lot of movies. I've never seen anything like this. You know that this was just sold at in bulk at like mega churches. You know, this is like in the also ran. Joel Osteen. I bet it's still on now. It. I bet if oh, I yeah. turn on TV and now it's playing overnight. Yeah, like, there's damn, there's a bunch of Megiddo million dollars. Man, this movie hang on, is. Hang on, how many Megiddo wild. movies are there? Obviously, there's the Omega Code, which you know. No, no shock there. But I saw a different just... movie. Yeah, me too. On Tubi, right? No, I was on Prime. There was a second uh, Omega Code 2. But I, I yeah, I have to make... I think you mean... Oh yeah, Megiddo 2, The New Age. Oh my god, dude. Google Megiddo, you can see the devils, what the images. Hang on a second. No, I, I did not mean <laughs> Megiddo 2, The New Age. I meant another, The Omega Code 2. There oh, are so mind. many of these. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I, this might be a new profile picture. This might be... <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, Game of Games. <laughs> I just saw right. the devil again, sorry. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> Hang on, see. Burn up, burn up! Three thirty in the fucking... <laughs> Hey guys, it's an even week. That means it's time to throw some teams back. Oh. Buy a win somewhere. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's gonna be okay, buddy. You need me to uh, share the thing? 
Uh, wait, you, I think you, you pinned it, actually. So it's it's, just, it's uh, in yeah. there. Yeah, it's pinned, yeah. but uh, you guys yeah, might just, you know. I'm, I'm uploading yeah. a file here. Hell yeah, dude. It looks like I'm a fullback. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Takeo Spikes. <laughs> <laughs> I could throw uh, I could throw two teams in. Two teams that you have. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Chiefs. And uh, you've already thrown back the Chiefs. They're literally oh, the oh, first right, right, line, right, right. and you're throwing back. I yeah. I, for, I I didn't scroll down that far. <laughs> All right, Baltimore. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Baltimore. Okay. Hey, oh. oh God. Jeez, should I throw? Yeah, back I don't want to throw back most of these. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just I'm I'm gonna throw back the Ravens and the Cowboys. Yeah, I was also gonna throw back. The yeah, Cowboys. I'll, I'll throw back the just Cowboys. Curse myself. Too. Yeah. I somehow don't have the Ravens yet. Oops. Uh, you you already threw them back. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, I just didn't pick them again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oopsies. I'm Smart. a stupid boy. You're saving it. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Yeah, I'll just stick with. Do I have to pick two? Because I will. Yes. Have to. Why would? Why yeah, would you, you not? You, you have to. Because because he yelled at, at me for this last time decisions. too. <laughs> What if I could throw? I guess it, you know. Yeah, fucking. Eagles Maybe we just don't want to play. <laughs> I was looking at all the other teams, like, oh, the Giants, the Commanders, the Jags, the Broncos. What if I don't want two hundred dollars when I pass go? All right. Well, yeah. All right. So now you yeah. can get a free win somewhere, and I'm gonna take my free win with the Cardinals because that's not happening. Oh, I'm taking my free win with the Cardinals too. Let's see. Here. This is why we throw them back. It's value. Yeah. I look. I kind of forgot. It's, it's, it's about to be it's 5 a.m. Right. We go through this every two weeks. I understand. Yeah. I My apologies. Yeah. I will take... Wow. You know, I should be smart and take the Texans for my free win. But I'm looking at Titans minus one. I don't feel super great about that at rating zero. <laughs> so we're just going to go ahead and do that. All right. Let's wipe out this minus one on the Titans. Uh, well, I guess we should go uh, do some house... We should uh we should do uh some housekeeping right, yeah. for last week. Uh yeah. none of my teams lost, sorry guys. I went again. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> all, all thanks to the fucking Texans winning that insane game. Cause Parker would have won if it wasn't for that, and I would have been minus five on the Texans. So <laughs> you know what, we take those. Sometimes you're about to just look at an unwinnable game and you snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. And then uh, a player has a literal historic, like, we'll go win the Hall of Fame performance to bail you out. <laughs> that jersey's already retired, I'm sure. Oh, retired. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I know. I, yeah. I heard it. <laughs> that shows the full emergency break on it. I can't believe you let them at the dinner table. <laughs> well, there he thinks he's people. Uh well, uh, I will be watching The Immortal for what feels like the last time. Now that oh, rats! <laughs> Alright, do I want to be nice or do I want to... I've been too nice lately. Yeah. And we got some shows to catch up on. Uh, and I kind of want to go against type because, you know, I know we have a lot of experts on this show, but I want people to broaden their horizons. So, since Parker doesn't really know anything about horror, he can watch The Purge. And since Chris doesn't really know anything about history, he can watch Victoria. Uh, which episode? Damn it. Uh, this is for week nine. Yeah, episode week nine. Week nine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's whatever week we're picking now, it's the previous week. So, if that helps you remember. 
Yeah, I, I always forget whenever I do this. And, uh... Imagine how frustrated, like, the three people that listen are that every week we can't remember these simple words. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm so sorry. It is five in the morning. Yeah. I'm doing my fucking, best. Fucking Mac has, like, the Charlie fucking board up with all the, <laughs> the lines to the teams. Like, oh, well, I see Parker could take this team in week 16. Ooh, Parker episode nine. Episode and nine. And don't worry, is, uh, he won't. <laughs> beginning of season two. Or as they say in Britain, series two. Series two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you might get a nice little retrospective for the previous season, so you have the slightest clue what the fuck is going on. Yeah, Parker That's didn't really fair. do a you good job of telling me about what happened there. You gotta skip it if it happens. You just gotta go in blind. <laughs> uh, well, that's, yeah, exactly. that's the thing when you let experts talk about stuff. Like, they just talk over your head sometimes, and there's not really anything you can do about it. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, Sorry, I was using too much lingo <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> uh, Josh's deal of the week this week. Colts Patriots in Germany. Oh, fuck. God, dude. That is... I've been staring at this game all week trying right? to figure out which one to take. Because oh, I man. have to take this game. I cannot not take this game. you got to take For it. Jesus Christ. I can tell you from it's... experience, the Patriots are horrible, dude. Uh, well, I got some I'm bad take... news about the I... Colts also. I'm going to take the Colts. All right, Chris is taking the Colts for deal of the week. Parker, your thoughts? I'm thinking about it. Yeah, fuck oh. it. Give me my Colts. All right. I, for some reason, I marked Chris down as taking the Pats. Give me a second. Hey! <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm fixing it. I'm fixing it. Uh, Chris, you already have a win with the Colts. I take them anyway. <laughs> All right. Well. Double or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Don't worry. Fear not, for I am taking the Patriots. Because, uh. There's going to be 30,000 Tom Brady jerseys at this game, and none of them are going to be yelling for Bailey Zappi on the second play. <laughs> no, they'll be yelling for Fair. the uh, millionth Patriots follower. So, <laughs> uh, so just just for the listeners at home, uh, before Thursday night's game, Parker took the Bears. So that's one in the win column for our boy. So I'm Chris, about. Chris and I will be picking three more teams, and Parker has two more to pick. Man. I'll be taking... Sometimes being drunk and just watching muted ESPN makes you make the right call. Yeah. I'll take uh, Atlanta. Chris taking the Falcons. Okay. I'll get, be taking... Trying to get out of this minus two hole. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, uh, how about I take Dallas? Yeah. I, I'm also going to be taking Dallas for the free. Yeah. <laughs> so. Spoilers. Yeah. I will also be taking Dallas. <laughs> all right, congrats to all the winners. And I'll take Buffalo. This game. Yeah. If there's ever a game for them to somehow <laughs> lose, <laughs> it's against whatever the fuck Tommy DeVito is. <laughs> so uh, I keep I staring. Yeah, yeah, you got your three. You're good. I keep staring at Steelers Packers. Yeah. And I want to take it, but I don't know which side. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Oh boy. You know what? I'm not going to take it. I'm going to take my Raiders, who I just got out of the doghouse with. I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm just staring at them like, are they going to do it two weeks in a row? Oh, no. And I'll use my that? I'll use my third one on the Ravens. It should beat the Browns, in theory. Who are the... 
That's, God, that's such a trap game. I don't, I don't want to take the Ravens, but I think I, they play Cincinnati on a Thursday next week. They're going to be looking ahead. Fucking Cleveland's defense is good. That's such a bad pick, but I'm going to make it anyway. Oh, I didn't scroll down all the way. I'll take my bills. <laughs> I didn't realize who they were playing. Oh, yes. All right. Locking in the bills. I all see right. at home against Broncos. Like, you know, they can't be that bad. Well. <laughs> Josh Allen sucks, but also, come on, man. Just give me, Do me a favor here. Please. We're going to be seeing some practice squad defensive backs who aren't DeMar Hamlin in that one, let me tell you. <laughs> I love your bit of just hating that he refuses to suit up, despite the fact that everyone else is injured. <laughs> Comeback player of the year, baby. Why is he the fucking favorite? Why is he minus odds to win? What? Like, congrats, man, you didn't die. You know who else didn't die? Every other player in the NFL. Like, you want a fucking trophy? The fact that his number's on the back of the team ambulance is the funniest thing I've <laughs> seen in a long time in football. That's actually fucking good, dude. I just if you're That's if such you, a good bit. If you're the Bills and you're playing this Cincinnati team in a must win game, why are you not putting the DeMar Hamlin clone out there and just having him like chase T. Higgins around the field? Like, hey, remember me? Hey, remember that guy you almost killed? Hey, remember me? Like, just try to get in their heads a little bit. What are you fucking doing? Oh my god, T. Higgins next on Celebrity <laughs> Ghost Story. <laughs> is Damar Hamlin in the room with you? Hamlin. <laughs> oh my god, I dropped my plate. The ghost of Damar Hamlin knocked it out of my hand. <laughs> the ghost of Damar he, he fell over dead and knocked the plate out of my hand. And when the plate hit the floor, it shattered. <laughs> So, here, here's a hypothetical scenario for you. If there were an episode of the Celebrity Ghost Stories show with Hillary Clinton, and we had to spend real money to decide which of us got to watch it, how high are you going? I bid $1. That depends. This is before or after I pay my rent for the month. That's gonna, <laughs> I'm, willing to, I'm willing to negotiate if my bills are cleared. Getting a payday loan so I can, I can hear <laughs> getting haunted by the ghost of Seth Rich. Just a bunch of like Libyan children of the corn just at the foot of her bed. Kaya Jones's Basil Exposition. It's 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 like that fucking it's like the on fucking Hill House where there's just ghosts walking around the background constantly. <laughs> It's just a bunch of people in fucking weddings. <laughs> Wait a second. The real Bill Clinton? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Steady on. What? Tom Cruise from American Made? Why are you here? <laughs> Man, finding out that whole story was... Yeah, dude! Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Like, man, I should watch that movie now. Yeah. <laughs> None of Thank that you. is in that movie, but if you know that, it makes that movie twice as good. Thanks, Windigoon, friend of the show and Five Nights lore master. Hell yeah, dude. I watched that at work and like stopped dead in my tracks like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> People just know this? Yeah. Seems bad. Oh, dude, there, there are so many rabbit holes you can go down with that lore, and most of them are fucking insane. Do you know that the uh, the people that think that the Clintons are murderers think that the Clintons killed JFK Jr. in order to get Hillary Clinton that Senate seat? But also they think JFK Jr. is still alive? God, man. We should get them on the show. We should. See, those are the conspiracy theorists I still enjoy. The other, other ones, they're just like, you start trying to get into it, and they're just it's like, oh, fuck, no, that's just anti-Semitic. That's not a theory. Yeah, that's right, not yeah. I know, yeah, they're that's, taking that's the fun racist. out of 9-11. 
So taking the fun out of like, yeah. So there's lizard people. You're like, yes. Tell me everything. Tell me what. Tell me about Adrenochrome. And they just start looking around like, you know. Ever since they got in charge of Hollywood, you're like, God damn it, <laughs> not <Shit>. again. <laughs> I was that a, a new friend here. Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Fucking Lucy with the football every time, dude. <laughs> Now, when you say deep state, deep, oh, yeah, he meant Jews. God yeah, damn, just yeah, wadding up. Yeah. That gif, like I just ripping his headphones off and walking away. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Got me. All right, what do, we, uh, what do you want to watch next week? Is this movie called The Omega Code? It looks pretty good. <laughs> uh, we're doing uh, Now You See Me 3, right? All right, God, See Me 3, that's dude. it. <laughs> we'll figure out what that is. Yeah, in time. <laughs> Yeah, that's the reveal. And that's the tea, sis.